just ahead of the start of this podcast, I wanted to say that the uh, the first hour or so was recorded on video, and unfortunately the microphones didn't work properly. However, the story is inspiring and definitely needs to be heard. The second hour did get recorded on the microphones, and the video didn't work. So the audio will be much better, but there will be no YouTube complementing it. However, it's a very inspiring story, and I hope you enjoy it from start to finish. I can find that in the video then, yeah. and I know that that's the point that I need to start cutting, yeah, yeah. cutting out. Um, so anyone that's watching will notice that we're not in Squisita, and it's also night time. <laughs> um, and that's mainly because we came down here in the afternoon and then realised that we should have actually come yeah. to your house, or at least been over this way, rather than in Brighton, because I thought Brighton was close to your house, and it turns out <laughs> it's not. It's actually right near where we're going to yeah, be tomorrow well. morning. So we're, we're in Louis' back garden. Men organising stuff. Yeah, it? that's it. It's night time. We've got lovely fairy lights. We're on a sofa, so it's actually more comfortable than normal because it's yeah, on the armchairs. So I could. And it's, it's beautifully quiet. It's, it's lovely and quiet. Um, the gas burners stopped hissing at us. That's fine. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm here with Louis. Louis is an inspiring young man, and he has some very cool cars that we're going to talk about. But there's a story as to how we ended up meeting and the reasons that I find you so inspiring that. You're going to share for us. Oh, and you. we've yeah. had a dry run because I accidentally didn't record the first 20 minutes, so we're starting fresh. So we already know what to, I already know what to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. So fully embraced for us to, to crack from, on. From, from the top. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Take, take one. Take it from the top. We know what the dates are now, so you don't need to question yourself. You know when it started. Yeah, yeah. We'll just go from there. So in your own time and in your own words, mate, just okay. let's go so through it. Those, yeah, for those, of you that, that, for those of you that don't know, um, if you, you know, if you've some some of the people you know further afield in the car scene and that probably don't know that listen. Um, uh, my name's Louis, and uh, I two years ago, over two years ago now, I was uh, diagnosed with uh, stage three Hodgkin's lymphoma, which is a type of cancer, and uh, and I'm also a bloody massive petrol head. Yeah. <laughs> so so I'm on, on the right point. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Um, I've not suddenly changed to a, a healthcare and yeah, yeah. podcast. There is relevance to how we ended up knowing each other. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So, so yeah. I think um, Lewis has kindly let me talk about my experience over the past two years, which is I really appreciate. Um, it's a really inspiring story, and the reason I met you was through how inspired and how much good that you've done despite all this crap. Obviously, yeah. So I feel like you're not owing me anything. I'm not doing you a favour. It's a justified reason, mate. Like, oh, no, I'm I know sorry. you're only 19 and you feel like, oh my God, this guy's almost 10 years older than me and he's got his own clothing company. I'm just another normal guy that's just trying to make spread awareness for stories and yeah. hopefully inspire people to, to have courage and to feel brave and to have some resilience. And I think you're a, a real example of, of that. That's very kind of All in one that, nice yeah. six foot tall bundle. <laughs> Um, no, that's, that's really kind of you to say this. Um, so yeah, so obviously we met at the at the at the Wacky Racers Coffee Club Carmi yeah. back in the summer, which was amazing. We'll get onto later, but yeah, my story. So so we'll go before my diagnosis. But so in the summer of 2019, I was 17 years old. I was I was living I was living the the, the dream of 17 year old life I was at college studying uh, motorsport engineering 
um, which I absolutely loved at Ferrum College. Um, I was working twice a week at Goodwood Composites doing carbon fibre laminating. So I'm sure a lot of people will know, you know, making carbon fibre bits for race cars and, and supercars and bits like that. Um, and I also did a work experience at a garage, uh, and and um, and I, I was I was you know just playing I was playing squash with the um, I was doing a bit of kickboxing. I was seeing my mates. I was really Being a seventeen year old, really. seventeen year old. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. And I was I was compared to now. I was. I look back and I think, wow, I did so much back then and didn't realise. Um, and I, I started to, well, the first thing I think I ever noticed was the lump on my neck. So this is probably probably going back early summer 2019. I came out of the shower and I noticed a lump on my neck, which is a very common symptom of Hodgkin's lymphoma. And what lymphoma is, it's in the same family as, it's a type of blood cancer, and it's in the same family as leukaemia. Um, so I found the lump on my neck, and being a typical 17 year old boy, I shrugged it off. I was like, what's that? That's a bit weird. Poked it in. I was like, we'll carry on with that. Don't worry about that. We would just ignore that. So, so, and I carried on doing my thing. And, and I started feeling, not all the time, it, was, it would come on and off, and on and off, like the lump. It'd disappear and come again, which is really weird. The lump disappeared, and that's why I was like, oh, it's gone. It's nothing important. So, so I was, I was, I was, you know, feeling feverish sometimes um flu-like you know really crap basically some days and, I, and i'll be in bed and it was bizarre and um and also another big symptom of hodgkin's lymphoma is night sweats so i'd wake up in the middle of the night drenched in sweat and i was what is going on what this is oh yeah i literally felt if you, i'm sure we all got memories it literally felt like you've wet the bed yeah, when you're yeah. little it literally felt like uh, and I was like I'm sure I don't know <laughs> so, so you know it's bizarre and, and, and it's a very common symptom of Hodgkin's lymphoma um, and I had no idea what lymphoma was at the time um, so I started feeling you know intermittently bad um, I remember one day I, I, you know, uh, that we, we spoke about was after kickboxing one day I, I sat in my car uh, I remember this vividly and I literally said to myself I said I do not have the energy to drive this car. Uh, I had a little Ford KA, a cracking little first car. Um, it, and I sat there, and I it's was, it was a five minute drive to my house. I sat there and said, I don't know if I can get home. I'm completely exhausted. I have nothing in me. The tank's empty, basically. Yeah, tank's Please empty. Go. Tank's empty. And, and I got home, and I just thought, that bizarre. Um, and I thought, I thought, you know, and I said to my mum, I said, I'm not feeling great at the moment. Am I not eating well enough? Uh, am I not eating enough veg? Really, literally saying these things. Uh, and she's like, mum's like, oh, I'll give you extra peas. You know, that kind of typical <laughs> monster. Peas and broccoli. And, 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 and you know, it's just so bizarre. So I went to the doctors because enough was enough. Uh, and, he, and he did the usual heart rate, temperature. And my temperature was, I think it was okay, if not a little bit higher. Um, my heart rate was higher, generally higher speaking. I don't know what it was, but higher than resting and normal. I said, right, I'm going to give you a, uh, I'm going to give you a, a send you for blood test and an X-ray, which was lucky because I know a lot of cancer patients that a lot. Being a teenager as well, a lot of young people get pushed. Oh, oh, you're just you're just growing up. Yeah, it is. Um, you're just tired. It's a thing. The teenagers, you know, they're tired. They lie in, and they, which is very, you know, it's a thing teenagers do. But. Um, I was lucky that my doctor actually acted on it because he said if everyone came in, teenage, he can't diagnose X-ray diagnose. He can't hand out X-rays and blood tests yeah. willy-nilly to everyone because he said it's one in ten case kind of thing, you know. So luckily he did, 
and, and I've already said the story. I went for the blood test the day after and uh, I find this amusing where I didn't have the x-ray and my mum said, why didn't you have the x-ray? And I said, because, oh, I would be embarrassed to say it, I said, because, oh, x-ray is giving me cancer. I didn't want it, there's nothing wrong with me. And the irony, man, the irony. And, um, and so mum, mum marched me to the hospital next day. She said, you're having that, having that uh, x-ray. I was, I was all in my group of composites, my work um, uniform. Walk, uh, in hospital in the morning and I went for an x-ray and I had my x-ray waited outside she's you know wait outside for me please the, the, the lovely nurse and um, people I noticed people were coming and going quicker yeah uh, than I was she said can we have, a doctor wants another photo can you come in again I said okay uh, you're like well it's doubly now I'm definitely getting it because I'm having two yeah <laughs> yeah 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 that's the price of one though <laughs> so so I went in and I thought this, this is a bit strange but oh well didn't think of it. And she came out, the nurse, and she said, uh, is your mum here? And I said, yeah, she is. She said, can I speak to you both? And she said, I don't want to panic you, but I'm going to send you to A&E. Um, I was feeling confused, but not overwhelmed by any means, because I don't know, I didn't know what was wrong. So I was like, 17. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've always had, I don't know, Certainly now, I don't know, for maybe like a frank approach to things. I, did, I, did, I was like, oh, that's, you know, I don't know what that is. It's a bit worrying, a bit confusing. Confusing, I think. Yeah. And my mum was was worried. Um, she was pretty panicked then. I couldn't see on her face, but I, I could tell any mum was, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah. a um, is not where you want your kids to be going after an X-ray. Like, yeah, <laughs> Generally exactly. speaking, it's yeah. not a good thing. No, yeah, yeah good point there. Very good point. I mean... So I went to Rainey and it took blood and it took my weight and they said they sat me down and they said, All right, we think you've got lymphoma. I'm going, okay, what's that? And my mum knew what it was and yeah. I could sense um, a heavy atmosphere. And uh, I didn't, you know, not panic, but just a, 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 a worry. And um, and uh, I, she, she said, she, I heard the words, a 12 months chemotherapy, something like that being said. And I was like, okay, okay. Okay, it's fine. I was still chirpy in my usual self. Yeah, yeah, of course. I was like, okay, that, yeah. I didn't sink in until later on. Because those kind of things, I guess, they don't sink in immediately. Well, as a 17-year-old, you haven't got any kind of, your brain doesn't work in permanence. There's no, like, this thing can happen for more than a brief period. Everything is, I do a few months of this a few months of that and there's no object permanence yeah, to your brain yeah. at that point you're like okay well I'll just carry on on my merry way and I'll be yeah, indestructible yeah. and I'll be fine and it'll all be alright so it's it's understandable that you weren't like oh crap yeah <laughs> yeah and I think you know I think being the uh, typical teenage boy that I was you know made of rubber and didn't even bother going to the hospital with a lump on my neck going nah don't worry about that you know which, yeah. go to the hospital if you've got a lump on your neck please any lump <laughs> any, any lump go to any the hospital lump, anyway. Get it checked out. Get it checked out. Um, yeah. Um, so I then had a scan in in, in Chichester, um, and then and then I, I went to Southampton. <clears throat> went to Southampton Hospital the weekend where all of my treatment has been at Southampton, and they got because they have a fantastic. Because in Chichester they said, if "You're 17, so you'll be the kids." Right. And they said, "If you're 18, you said that there's that you know that weird 17, 18 gap. If you're 18, you'll be with the." The old people are technically an adult. And right. you're 17, you're going to be with the toddlers. So yeah. it's like, so Southampton, they have an amazing facility. The Teenage Cancer Trust have a unit at Southampton. They have several in several hospitals around the country. 
and it's for people between the ages, I believe, of it's either 14 or 15, might be wrong, or 13, I don't know. Might be 13 to about 24. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so 23, 22, 23, you know, 21, you can, you can be treated in the, in the teenage unit, which is, which is good, because I think, obviously, you know, a lot of... It's like adolescent, rather than... Yeah, yeah. I think it's brilliant. Um, so, so I was treated at Southampton. I, I was seen to for a week, basically tests. So I had the lymph node, the lump sort of taken out to, to sort of, a, a, to see what it was, what is this, you know. Biopsy type thing, yeah, that. yeah. Um, I had a PET scan, you know, all these sort of diagnosis things, so they could real pinpoint what it was before treating it. You've got to know what it is before you treat it. Yeah. So, so that first week was, you know, in hospital. I was still very the, those tests. Five days, I say it's a week, but it's five days in hospital. We're, we're all tests, and and I was pretty chirpy. There's some photos of me. I've got my phone where you know I'm, I'm I'm smiling. I'm in this room. It's like, oh, this is quite a fancy room because the teenage rooms are so much nicer than the adult because <laughs> it's a charity. There's, they put more money in. They got a little TV and, and there's a games room in there. There's a pool table. Oh, nice. PlayStation, Xbox. You know, yeah, it, it's real cool in that in that unit. It's really great. Um, and uh, so I'm sort of smiling, you know, I'm still sort of like, you know, don't really care. And then, and then I, I begin my chemotherapy treatment. I can't remember when I would be told that I would be having chemotherapy. Because obviously there's lots of different types of treatment uh, with cancer, thankfully. Um, so I started off with chemotherapy. Uh, it's called, it was called AVBD. And it is, uh, each letter stands for a different type of drug. And for, I didn't really know what chemo was at the time. Um, I don't know how many people really. I think the layperson won't really know much yeah, about it. It yeah. seems to be a you go in, they do something to you, or your hair falls out, and maybe cancer goes away. Yeah, That's probably the layperson's idea of chemo. Yeah, yeah, completely. I, I obviously I knew about like, hair falling out, and, and that seems to be the main thing. Everyone yeah. goes, oh, your hair falls out. And yeah. It's like there's normally a reason for hair falling out and it's never normally a good reason like, it can't be a nice thing to no no exactly uh, so, so what, what it is essentially is it's a load of uh, drugs aka <laughs> drugs aren't poison but it is literally a toxin a real strong toxin poison yeah. to kill off cells because it's got to kill the cancer cells yes yeah. um, and what I didn't realise was um Obviously, it goes, they put through your cannula, so it goes into your vein, and they put it for a pump, and you can sit there for four, it can be, it can be, it can go from 20 minutes, quite literally 20 minutes, or a five minute nurse can sit there with a syringe, or it can be five hours, to, to, to eight hours, even some of them. I think I've had one, which was eight hours on my transplant. Um, it's a full working day. Yeah, sat there on the, wherever, I mean, you know, doing very little, but or oftentimes feeling really crap. Yeah. So it isn't a it isn't a fun thing to do uh, to go through. Um, so. So yeah. So and also another thing I, I didn't realise was was obviously I thought chemo they just take the drugs out of the freezer. It you know it's like a, like a, they store it somewhere and then they hit, yeah, here we like, go we've got the drip like though like an IV drip kind of thing. Yeah yeah. yeah. I and I, what I didn't realise was chemotherapy is made up the day you have it. So it's made in the morning. Uh, specifically for you, yeah. so it's got your name on it, uh, which makes sense. But but I thought you know it's just like oh it is a drug you you have this no it's literally whisked up I don't know how they make it for some you some guy with some tumblers somewhere doing some like potions goggles on and a white coat yeah 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 <laughs> like, oh this one's for, for Louis yeah Louis. yeah <laughs> chucking everything <laughs> um so um 
yeah, so I didn't realise it was all made up for you on the day. Um, didn't realise it was personalised. And um, and yeah, so the first two times I had it, and I think the first time I had it was when I, I think I can say, it was a gradual thing, but I think it was when I can say, okay, this when it sunk in and I'm sat there on a drip. Because it's kind of like if you've seen Breaking Bad or, or any kind of TV, you know, what it's like on TV, you yeah. do... See the images, you know, sat in the in the in the boring looking hospitals, all very boring, and you've got your you know on the drip, and that's so it was very much like that on the bed. Apart from obviously the nurses were lovely, and, they, and there was yeah, a bit yeah. of banter, there was a bit of back and throwing, and and um, so the first one was okay, and the second one was okay, and the first chemo was we'll get onto. I I didn't really get along with very well, so the the, the first two were okay. I was I was all sort of. You know, confident, smiley self. You know, I took my anti-sickness pills before, your steroids before. So you take these pills before you have it. Um, and and um, and you go in. And you sit, I sat there four hours, four different drugs. So some can take half hour, like, and some can take two hours. So you know, yeah. depending on they have different flow rates and stuff. So and um, and one of the on the on the first chemo I had, one of the chemotherapy, one of the individual drugs uh, can be really sore on your veins oh that's a weird thing to yeah sore. uh yeah i didn't mention it before um i i i, I yeah um, well, you can feel you your veins to... hurting yes that's weird it's not fun it's not a part of your body you expect to have to feel like i have a vein here yeah that sits across the two tendons in my hand yeah so if i do that oh and you can feel it, it with moves you. Yeah, and I can feel it moving, which oh. is a weird sensation. Oh, it's just like if that, that ever hurt, I'd be like, "What in the hell is going on?" Well, when you get a cannula in, because it goes through a vein, and then yeah. they put the flush through you, and you feel the cold up your arm. I'm kind of used to that now, but yeah, it's 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 not a pleasant feeling. Um, it's not a pleasant feeling. Uh, actually, most people will, will agree with that. <laughs> a sore vein is never a. <laughs> so the but the one the drug yeah no they literally have to turn the flow rate down. They say if it's your arm gets sore, you'll you know turn it down for you because it genuinely is damaging to the vein wow. one of them is genuinely harmful so they have to keep it at a steady rate so so then i had my third one and my third one i, I remember um i remember the third one I, I i nothing was different but i went in there the smell the sights the the the, the pills before and i remember thinking i don't want to be here yeah and um, I was, I was just, I just felt not negative. Negative is a bad way to put it. Um, anxious, apprehensive. Apprehensive. There we go. I felt apprehensive about about, about having the treatment, obviously. So and I, and I was all like, oh, you know, a bit worked up and a bit mentally stressed. And um, and I just, yeah. And the, the other two hadn't been like that. But um, I had the third one. I felt a bit crap after. The, the first one, I felt okay. Third one, I suddenly, I don't know why, I just felt bad after it. Not mm. good. I went home and I finished my, I remember the meal, stir fry. Had stir fry at home. Went straight to the bathroom. I remember dad went on and put on a film. And I started watching five minutes of it. I said, oh, I'm going upstairs. I feel ill. Uh, chucking up in the toilet. Right. And that was the first time I'd have thrown up chemotherapy. Not everyone does, because obviously you take six medicine, but it's very, it's pretty common. Um... So and I remember playing. I remember playing board games on the bathroom floor with my mum and sister. Bless them. Just these little memories that come back, and you think, "Oh, wow, you know, crazy." Um. So so yeah, and I and I suddenly had come my fourth one. I was suddenly feeling super anxious before having my treatment, and my body was already feeling sick 
before it had anything in it. Mm. And um, oh, I had um, I, they they gave me like stronger anti sickness meds. Didn't make too much. That difference. comes with it being linked to anxiety or anything, doesn't it? That, yeah. that feeling is your. Mm -hmm body getting worked up for what's about to happen more than it is so yeah like they, physical symptoms. so they call it anticipatory nausea so it's like you're and feeling sick because you're anticipating something yeah and um and it was anxiety and 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 what they did to, to combat that they gave me uh an anti-anxiety sort of basically a proper chill out drug it's called lorazepam i know like, lorazepam you know lorazepam? I used to work in a psychiatric hospital. Okay. So I really know what lorazepam is. Okay. What's your experience like with it? Not because I've taken it. No, I no, no. It, is. it would. So what we would do if we had a patient that was really worked up, they would have some lorazepam. It yeah. Would really, really calm them down. Oh my god! It works a treat, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, I think they used to used to use it as a rapid de-escalation technique for some people. Wow. Okay. Um, I tell you what. I. When I'd have chemo, right, you'd, you'd sit there for four hours, four hours on the bed, feeling sick, watching you, watching my iPad or something, or, or just just some YouTube, just trying to concentrate, get my mind off the feeling of sick. And I had I had a wristband that had a pressure point that apparently helps with. Feeling. I got graced some of those recently. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah, you get um, travel nausea, don't you? Sometimes. Yes. So it was apparently it's got these little plastic beads. Yes. In. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's exactly what I had. Do um, anything. No. Chris, did they do anything for you? No? I think so. Oh, it's probably a mental thing more than anything. Oh, I've got that's this what, thing that's going to help. But I tell you what, it was good at, was to fiddle with. Yeah. So like, so like when you're there, you've got it on. And, you I, and I know, I, I know, I know. And if I suddenly, you could, it's literally you go five minutes feeling okay, five minutes feeling you're really trying to like, oh, okay, like, I feel like I'm going to be sick. I don't like this feeling. I don't want to be sick in front of everyone. You know, it's, it's not like a bad thing being sick in front of everyone there. They're all having chemo. They're all very poorly people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but you just don't want to, really. You don't know. You don't want to fall yeah. So and so when fiddling with it, it, it does somewhat it takes your mind off it a bit. Really, yeah, it? yeah. You. So so you know. I remember what we're talking about now. But this third one, I came home and I'm sick. And and the fourth one, they didn't give me lorazepam for the fourth one. So the next different course of chemotherapy I had, they gave me lorazepam. Oh my god, yeah, that chills you out. I tell you now, <laughs> you're proper. Woo. Um, I was going from like saying nothing, sitting there like just sort of like feeling, literally just pulling out patient's face and feeling ill, to like actually like FaceTiming my mates and I was like, whoa, yeah. like, <laughs> loads of drugs. Yeah, like, proper drugs. I tell you what, it was a treat. Um, and I had it was a tiny little pill as well. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so I had the fourth one again, didn't feel very well. Yeah. And then I had the scan. So you, I, was, I was on for a course of 12, had a scan. Um, and the scan. I don't know I never like saying it wasn't good or it wasn't because it wasn't the results we had hoped for yeah it had reduced it a little bit we you wanted it they wanted it complete gone and that um and so that was like okay I, I can't really remember how I felt about that obviously I know my mum was upset and disappointed I was like oh, okay um on to the next one then um the next was a different type of chemotherapy called BCOP um, as opposed to once, where the previous one was once every two weeks on a Monday, this was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, every three weeks, that makes sense. So three days in a row in hospital every three weeks. Yeah. And I would also have a top up the week after, but it was a really quick little infusion. Um, again, you know, the, the, the complexity of the, yeah, these yeah. kind of things, I didn't realise. Um, so three, I, I would be in hospital 
Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, four, five, six hours in, and I'd have it. Luckily, I'd have the thanks to Teenage Chance Trust, I had the, the rooms and the, the wonderful, um, you know, facilities they provide basically in the, in the ward. And, I, and, and, and uh, you know, I'd sit there feeling, you know, real rubbish. And all I can say is, um, my mum has been through every session, every consultation meeting, every blood test, PET scan. She's been there with me. Um, every single time in the hospital, my mum's been there. Um, and rock so, for you then. what's that? She must have been like a rock for you. Absolutely. I mean, I, <laughs> I when when I was in having my beak up in hospital, if I was feeling crap, she would rub my feet. And uh, and it wasn't because I knew I, it was lovely. Her feet rubbed lovely anyway. <laughs> but but um, it wasn't like because you know I needed it. It was just she she you know gestured it out of kindness. I tell you what, just it's, the, the, it's not it's not weird at all. Um, just the 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 feeling of that that kind of love and that kind of strength and bond. Yeah. I tell you what, can you know family friends you know really is so powerful mm. without trying to sound too cliche or, or you know cringe it can really like just a, you know that kind of contact you know skin contact just was just so bizarre it literally like you know would ease the pain a little bit yeah and if you can do that then you know that's helping now she's she's amazing she's 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 uh, <laughs> an incredible a cracking cup of tea as well <laughs> well I'll let her know that <laughs> but uh, no she she well my family oh I can't just say my mum sister and my dad they, they're all incredible um you know putting up with with everything and with covid and lockdown they had to sacrifice an awful lot to keep me safe yeah. uh, which you know a lot of people don't realize they yeah they've sacrificed a lot for me um so so yeah so then i was on the b-cop chemo uh it was rough uh i had that four times four sessions of it this was my second sort of type of chemotherapy i've had because the first one hadn't worked as well during in the middle of this I had previously, was this before my, might have been before my diagnosis, yeah, I'd applied for an apprenticeship at Mercedes F1 team. Yeah, I guess from the hat that you like Mercedes. Yeah, yeah, okay, <laughs> by the way, this is going to, okay, okay, this is actually going to cause a little bit of controversy because uh, I, I've got a very good, I've got, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a McLaren fan, I do love McLaren. Um, they won't be watching this. <laughs> no, they won't watch this. I've got, blows up, I've got a friend who works at McLaren. I'll tell you what, if she sees this, she won't be happy I'm wearing this hat. So, um, well, if you're on an apprenticeship for Mercedes, you we can do wear supply that. their engines. So. There we go. We do supply That's McLaren's right. engines. Yeah. So, um, so you had, you had I, an interview for a. I had an interview for Mercedes, and we can touch on it briefly. Um, I applied before my diagnosis, and um, I went. The interview was uh, at their headquarters um, in Northampton. Um, I was completely bald, completely no no eyebrows, no eyelashes. It was it was a proper chemo. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the loose the hair thing is 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 one thing that people do touch on a bit because obviously it's a big thing. It's a change in appearance. And I think obviously for, for the I'm not saying this for all all men. Um, I didn't didn't bother me too much. I wore a hat a lot of the time. Yeah, uh, and that was that was okay for me personally. I know some some boys um, who you know it would potentially you know it's quite upsetting because you know it's weird when you have a shower 
and it is very bizarre going through hair and having a load of hair in your hand it is bizarre yeah I can imagine it's a weird feeling um, but obviously I know they do obviously I think Melon do like loads of wigs and stuff and I know obviously the, the, I was, I was, there was one girl I was talking to on the ward oh my god I wouldn't have even guessed it was uh, a wig did you not have a wig at any point? I didn't. You missed out on the opportunity. I know, to go, I know. I'm gonna have crazy hair, and it's gonna I be know. A wig and um, it's brilliant. I think I kind of wanted to like. <laughs> If my friends did, I think I wanted the rock knight to be diesel. You wanted to be the bold guy, like. being a being a I was like, you know what? I've got I've got an absolutely horrific photo on my phone uh, of being a car in a multi-story car park with with a vest on. And so we went out to Tesco's as a joke, bought some vests, and I was like, to do the Vin Diesel, I just needed the, the kind of the chain. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, B Tech. Now I'm not exactly got the got the got the guns, but so I kind of I kind of you know. I, I wore a hat all the time, but I didn't mind. So I, I turned up to Mercedes, blue balls, anything, all smart suit, and and, um, and it was it was uh, it was the absolute probably the best day of 2020 um, for me anyway. And I, I said earlier, I had to, I was having hormone injections at the time with the it was just a core part of the treatment, and I had to inject myself in the back of the car before my interview, um, uh, in, into my stomach. Um, so I had I had the interview, as I said, I think. One of my one of my proudest moments, really. Oh, I absolutely love so it. Far. And so you're far, so far, exactly. You're only nineteen, exactly. So, so far, yeah. yeah. So and and I got offered the apprenticeship. So hopefully, in the future, in in twenty twenty two, September twenty twenty two, hopefully, everything goes well with the health and everything. I will go to Northampton and and start working there. So that'll be amazing. That'll be fantastic. That's a, yeah, but that's a little bit sort of. Well, in I, the future. as I say, a friend of mine works for Mercedes Formula One team. Okay. So what I'll do if I can. It's no promises at this point. Is I'll uh, I'll get in touch with him and keep asking to keep an eye out. Yeah, yeah. He might please. be able to give you some good insights. Oh, cracking! If yeah, he has yeah. any way to get involved, yeah, he's yeah. a really really good guy as well. So he'll probably be able to go. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Here you go, kid. He'll be able to. Yeah, yeah. Show you the ropes, so to speak. Yeah. So that was amazing. I remember just the whole experience was just just fantastic. And this was February. This was just before COVID had come around. So then I had another scan for the for the chemo I was having. Surprise, surprise. It ha- and, I, and this was quite disappointing. So I was like, this chemo was rough. I've gone through this tough thing. You know, it's got to work. No, no pain, no gain kind of. I had I feel like mind. you've earned. Yeah, your, I've earned. Yeah. Come on, I've been through this suffering. Please give me some reward. And no. Uh, it, it, it had shrunk a little bit. It hadn't cleared. So I wasn't in remission. Yeah. So, so this was quite upsetting, really. And I had a difficult decision to make when my doctor said, my, my uh, doctor, consultant, professor, whatever they are, um, said, right, God, we, we have had a chat with the whole team, you know, we, we, these are our best options, we think. And these are super, super clever guys. Oh my God, they're super clever. A, a, a bone marrow transplant with your own stem cells, they take them out, freeze them, put them back in, they dose you with a load of chemo, or radiotherapy. And I had to make this decision sort of on the spot. And I was sitting there and I, I sort of, they, they weighed me up the pros and cons of both. Radiotherapy, it's 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 pretty short. It's less kind of sick-inducing side effect, less nausea, I suppose. But there's more long-term side effects, like it damages your heart and such, because it's radiation. Yeah. Whereas the 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 transplant was five weeks in hospital, in hospital, literally, just, you know, living not in hospital, home, like living in hospital, yeah. uh, lot of chemo, stuff like that. And I was like, well, I'm going to go for radiotherapy because that doesn't sound very fun to me. The other one, no. so I'm for the radiotherapy. 
was a was a really good experience. Well, okay, hold <laughs> it was on. great. Let's yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just thought this is the way I to look at things now because I've, I've I've had quite a load of experience with all these type of treatments. But we are comparing it to chemotherapy, so yeah, in I, again, relative terms to that, it was it was more manageable. More manageable. Yeah. yeah, that's that's a really good word. Um, I didn't feel as sick. It was on my chest, so my my, my sort of tumor, my mass, I call it, it was was sort of in the chest. Where all the important things are. Exactly, yeah, yeah, which is uh, slight, with the radiotherapy, which was a problem, and, and I'll get onto this actually. So, the radiotherapy, obviously, they said, look, it, uh, you should be, you know, this should, yeah. We, we, the doctor, the radiotherapy guy was really confident, so yeah, it should be good. Um, this is going to be great, kid, you're going to love it. Yeah, yeah, he said, like, no, he said he was confident, he was like, you know, I'm going to, we're going to, we're going to do this. It was, it was upbeat, it's, it's good to hear. It's reassuring, really. Yeah, reassuring. Um, what I had to do, to minimise the damage to my lungs and my heart was, which is, I don't know how long they've been doing this, but I don't think for very long. So I've got a few tattoos, they're not, don't get excited. <laughs> uh, I've got, I've got a, on the courtesy of the NHS, I've got a dot there, dot there, and a dot there, and a dot there. And they are like little kind of like- they're like guide dots, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. And they line you up and they mark, so they mark you where you want to be because they have to scan to, to do this before. Um, and, just and, when you were 17 still? I was 18. Oh, so you're old enough to have tattoos anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. I said to the woman, I said, I said, oh, can you, uh, when, they're, when they're doing it, you make it to like, a smiley face. Or no, I said, I said, do you reckon you could do like a dragon on my chest or something? <laughs> and, and she, and she was, and I don't know, I, I can't quite remember, I think she giggled, but. Um, She's like, no, you're getting four dots, mate. Yeah, it's like, yeah, <laughs> stop being stupid. Um, so. So the dots are to, as a guide reference for guide, where the yeah. thing now, goes. Now, now, I, I didn't explain this, but and again, a lot of people won't know. So radiotherapy is big, like it's like a it's like an X-ray gun, but it kind of aims at your chest. And you're lying down. I had to hold my arms above me, and to minimise the damage on my heart, because it gives it can it basically ages your heart, so it long term does affect your heart, and it's increased risk of heart disease and stuff like that. Basically, with it, what I had to do, they from Bournemouth or somewhere far away. They went and got a load of snorkels. Why didn't they? Jeez, <laughs> all the way from Bournemouth. Some, some of the ball. No, no. no, no. <laughs> they went. I think I was. I think it was further than that. I think I just made that up. Um, they went and got these snorkels, and they got this like Dalek thing. They said, "Right, what you need to do is you need to hold your breath at the same position every time we we buzz the gun." So, what happens was I had a snorkel in my mouth while lying on the table on the thing, and they you press a button. So if you like pass out, you let go and, and then it, you can breathe. You press a button and the reason to do this basically is it expands your lungs so it minimises damage to your lung. And I think it shrinks your heart so it does less damage to heart, if that yeah, makes yeah. sense. So it narrows the heart so it doesn't affect a wider surface area, but it enlarges the heart, lungs so it does less. Because there's more air in there as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's the, the thinking, to do as little damage as possible. So I was in the sink and I press this button, they go right, and they'd be on the speaker in the other room and go, okay, go. And I breathe in, breathe in, breathe in, breathe in, breathe in, like really like a deep breath, and it would lock my breath. Oh, and God, that, that sounds horrifying. Some people, I, I did, I was fine with it. I'm not claustrophobic. That's gonna feel like drowning. Or something yeah. Like that, yeah. And I can imagine. I thought about this, and I thought some people could find that really quite stressing. Just telling me that now, I feel slightly more so, panicked. So it would, it would hold. I don't, and it would just go, and it would lock you off, and you'd hold your breath, and go. And they, Basically, I had, like someone's put their hand over. I'm not joking you as well. I had a peg on my nose, like an actual clothes peg. Yeah, no, not not not, not <laughs> a clothes peg. It was it was a, an NHS. Oh, it basically right. the same. Thing. Five times. It was like it was like like more that shape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was almost to 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 stop me from breathing out my nose to to keep the thing, and and yeah, 
bizarre. And I, and I had that, I had this 10 days in a row. Um, but yeah, the whole locking your breath in was bizarre. And, it, and you had to do it like six, seven times for, for this whole session. They go, right, you're good to go, you know, put your shirt back on. Right. Um, and also they'd let me put on music in the background. So I, they had like a big telly and I could put on like some of my dad's like David Bowie records and stuff. Because it's nice to have like, I wasn't, wasn't going to play like some rap stuff, you know, for them. but it was nice to, uh, I thought, I always go to something, oh, let's listen to my dad's music. No, so they went, like we're about to blast you with radiation. You can put whatever music on and you went, I don't want to torture these guys with rap music. We'll put David Bowie on. Yeah, I was like, so like we're about to blast you with radiation, pal. You put whatever music you want on. Like, literally, literally. For your sake, I don't want this to be difficult on you. I'll put on some nice music. Yeah, I had, I had. Funny enough, is the, the people who I, I had, I had David, David Bowie, REM, and I can't remember the other one. American Pie by Don McLean. My man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I really like them songs. I've got quite an eclectic taste of music. Um, so, um, so yeah. So, Ready Therapy was great. I had the the sunburned throat, which was nasty. I couldn't. I kind of skim over this. Uh, I, I couldn't eat anything for a week. Oh, I said I couldn't eat anything. I literally. I could get jelly down me, just about. It hurt to drink water. Wow. It was like a sunburn, because it's like the radiation in the back of your throat, it was like a sunburn. So that really was 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 unpleasant. Uh, I, I got over that in a week, and I was close to going back in the hospital, because I had lost a bit of weight, I wasn't getting fluids in me, and I was determined to, like, I was like, I'm not going to hospital, I'm not going to hospital. And so, I, I, I luckily, it just got better naturally. Yeah. So I had a big break in summer of 2020. Also, yeah, the radiotherapy was all during lockdown, like the early lockdown. Roads were completely empty. It was kind of bizarre. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. Um, I then went, uh, I then had a good three month summer because you can't PET scan after radiotherapy because you're all glowy and stuff. It, it, yeah, it, it messes, you it make a great scan. talk. Yeah. So then I was like, yeah, I think the radiotherapy is going to work. I think it's going to be really good. And then I had a scan and then I found a tiny, tiny, blob appear tiny like they reckoned i think they said 10 mil 12 mil that was it um and they said right this could be an infection this could be lymphoma we don't know so we're gonna have to biopsy you and it was a lung biopsy nice so i've had i've had a lymph node out my neck and a lung biopsy was completely awake um completely awake uh, like that Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. um, and, and in a CT scanner they scan you <laughs> this is incredible so I'm in a CT scanner like like you know arms above me like I don't know what they're all by my side I can't remember and they're literally about to go into my lung and there's no scar or anything because it's literally a needle but it goes deep um, and, and, and they had to in my all my whole body they had to get a 12 mil target they had to hit which they were aiming with the scan and they they, they local anaesthetic local anaesthetic they were like, right, you're gonna feel a bit tapping now, you might want to close your eyes or something. The doctor was great, he was a lovely guy. Um, and they were going like I felt you know pressure with the tap 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 tap. He wasn't there with a hammer, was he? I, I don't know, I my eyes closed. it was like, you know, uh, like a like a kind of a hole punch or something, like yeah, a like yeah. a like a metal, you know, them things you can mark metal. Um so so yeah. I was lying there in the scanner. They were going into my lung and past your skin. You can't feel anything, really. Yeah. So and then they, and then they literally just. I guess there's some little needle. They they got a cell or sample of cells. Just that and said, "Yep, yeah, you're done." And, and just like that, and you're awake and everything. And, and that was quite bizarre because I think in the old, I think not long ago they would have been putting you under general. It probably been like keyhole surgery. Or something. Yeah. Now they they do a lot of other. They do a lot less under general because I think it saves money and time. They've also only recently Bed figured out how general anaesthetic works. 
Really? Yeah, like within like the last 10 years, they've gone, oh, this is how it works. Before that, they were like, we'll give them this much and hopefully it won't kill them. Yeah, hopefully that's, they wake up. Yeah, that's pretty much it's a recent thing that they've actually figured out the specifics of how yeah, they work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think they're trying to avoid putting people under general anesthetics because it's one of the highest, it's the most complications happen because of that bit, not necessarily the, the, the surgery yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, i've heard that as well it's really strange it's, yeah, it's, it's strong such stuff. a new known science yeah but there's a lot of lots now just local really like yeah. you know so it turned out they got the biopsy back what do you know it's uh it's not great news so they said right you've had radiotherapy you can't have radiotherapy again i said can i have radiotherapy again they said no you, you can't i don't know why maybe too much i don't know they said right we we are it felt at the time this is this was a bizarre time end of summer 2020 it felt like i was running out of options mm. i felt like that i know that wasn't i believe that's not the case because i think there's a lot out there they can do a lot of drugs but um yeah it was it was it was it was tough um and they said right you're going to have you are going to have a bone marrow transplant but we're not using your i don't want to get like too technical with the terms you're not going to use your cells um we're going to use donors. Right. So I had to find a donor from Anthony. No, I didn't. They, they, <laughs> Go I, and I, find one. Find one. Just walk around the street. A, a match for me. Can you sign them? So Anthony Nolan, brilliant charity. They found that. Um, found me a donor. And I had to... But before you have a transplant, you have to be in remission. Okay. Right. So I was back on the chemo. The one that you didn't want to be back on. Yeah. And I was like, oh, God, it's going to be rubbish. And they said, okay. I was on some quite sophisticated stuff now. Whereas the other stuff I said was more, the doctor described it as more of like... Um, generalised. Like, these gen- very are the generalised. normally work. Yeah. Right? Yes, very generalised. These late ones I was on were more targeted. And this is, they get their, I think they're not the cheapest drugs in the world. Right. So the first one I had, I can't remember the name of it now. There's a whole team really. of people with the flasks. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. So the first one I had... Was it was a type of what they call a monoclonal antibody? It is a, like a chemo on a protein that attaches to the to cell the to the to the Jeez. tumor, and and it's so targeted. And I was like, wow, um, okay, it was okay. I had that for about five weeks, sort of autumn, winter, pushing winter of twenty twenty. Um, it was okay. It was manageable. It wasn't anywhere near as uh, sickening is the early ones. I was very relieved at that. I was okay. I was feeling all right, and I was feeling strong. And it didn't. I didn't lose my hair. I think I did a little bit. I'm not sure. I think it thinned, but it wasn't. Um, that was okay. So your age, like 20 years or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> this is what I look like. Thought, yeah, everyone thought you were just putting filters on. Or yeah. <laughs> so I had that. I had a scan, and it wasn't good news again. So can you can you see? I can remember. Now it's like yeah. I had a lot of scans that were like, it was like, we, you know, we've been through this a lot. And that point, I said, right, we're going to put you on what's called a immunotherapy, which basically is a type of drug. It's not chemo. It works the same as chemo, but scientifically it works different. It boosts your immune system, over excites it. So it actually like, it just is like a big old red ball for your immune system. Everything. And it, they really kick into action. Apparently should, you can get like, you know, rashes and stuff from it. I was, I really dealt with this treatment okay um so again every treatment affects everyone differently and nobody is the same at all biologically mentally no one is the yeah same. of course um but that scan and i had that scan and they said oh it's not great news and i was like we, we were trying to get me to a point to have the transplant 
and I was like, it just feels like I've run out of ideas. And at that point, I was really, I wasn't feeling low, but I do remember thinking around that time, thinking like, all right, what happens if we run out of options? What happens if this? What happens if that? Of course, you think about that. When you start you, to have those kind of thoughts. You know, yeah. I, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to not bore you. I'm trying to get through this quick, but there's a lot of moments and memories thinking like, well, what if it doesn't work? Yeah. What if? I can't cure it. And moments like that, and you think, wow, you know, I, I can't quite sum up quite how it feels, but... I can't imagine it's a nice place to be, though. Um, yeah, no, no, it's not a nice thought to be, but when you've got, uh, you know, right people around you, amazing friends, amazing family, you know, it's, uh, it, 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 you know, it can't be, you know, said enough, over, overstated, is that the right word? I don't know, it, it's... Yeah. It, it's you know it, it really does help um having the right people around you and 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 you know so so i had this had this had this treatment and and hooray i remember me and mum were waiting for the pet scan results off the tumor i had like four rounds of it and we were waiting in the in the consultant room oh my god the nurse walked past the one of the lovely nurses joe she uh she walked past and she said oh my she was like you're right and she said oh my god you you, you should see your faces you two you know <laughs> the look of death in you and and she said not and a she, word that you should really be saying on a cancer ward, is it? <laughs> no, no, she didn't say that. But well, it looks she, like death in it. No, no, no. Jeez, like, come no, on. No, no, she didn't say that. But, but she, you know, she said, oh, "You should see your faces, guys." And she looked at them and said, "Don't worry." Gave us a sly wink. Said, "It's go. It's okay." It, it, she she pretty much said it's good news. Yeah, yeah she kind of. Spoiled. And we were like, "Mum was like, oh. and I was like, "Oh." Neither of you went. Oh, spoilers! I haven't seen yeah. this one. It's <laughs> all so Doctor Professor Davies. He was over the moon. He was like, "Oh my." He said, "Right, I'm going to be right. It's really good news." I mean, I was in remission. And they said, and I, and I, and I, and I, and I wasn't. We weren't. I think I don't even know if I hung. No, I, no, I wouldn't have even. I think my mum like gave me no. No, another bit weird. Line. Just, just like a <laughs> like, like you know, just a um, motherly sort of rub. That's, that's bizarre. That's but like you know, like, you know, just a, just an embrace. That's the word. There we go. Uh, <laughs> oh god um, I ain't cutting it out by the way that's staying in no that's fine that's fine I, I've said a lot worse I think um, so so um, but we didn't even hug and I, and I said I said I apologise if I'm not as animated as you'd like me to be but it's probably shock if anything I didn't know how to process it and also I said I've got a bone marrow transplant ahead of me yeah <laughs> I'm gonna so I said my mind's kind of on that now as opposed to that so bone marrow transplant completely different team completely new doctors completely new people it's a big process you need to find a donor match um, you know all this and that um, big build up before the, the like right you're coming in on this date and then you're staying in there for six weeks it was actually five weeks for me um, okay so going through the the details of the transplant was complicated quite nerve wracking um, some dodgy side effects that were quite worrying in small print oh no yeah some some stuff that is like heavy going he's like because the doctor said we're gonna have some quite frank conversations you know this, this at least might. this one warned you because the last one was more this is what it is pal and you're like oh okay yeah yeah he's like this is gonna be frank you're like right i know to, i can prepare for frank <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so he was this was um i i, I do believe it said they gave us a Oh my god! They gave us a book. There's little. They give loads of handout leaflets and books about all the treatment. And they said, um, they said, please have a look through this book. Oh my god! I put it down very quickly. Oh my god! This book was a heavy read because they always tell you the, the side effects and 
and uh, what the, the chances of something happening because they, they don't you know miss out on stuff um they have to put it all down there you know it's just like this there's a chance this could happen and then generally there was i'm not joking they, they said like you know this can be a life-threatening treatment yeah uh, if you're to catch something, catch an infection, you know, they've got the plumbing bound to bite. It can be really hard. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is going to be tougher than the two chemos I've had. Tougher than, you know, this, we were like, six weeks in the hospital was going to be, that was probably the hardest part, the, the duration away from home and everything. Yeah. Mum wasn't meant to come with me, but Teenage Cancer Trust managed to get her in there with me, which is amazing. Great. I said, I said, like, Mum, you know, you, if I've had enough of you, you can go after three weeks or something. No, she did the whole thing with me, which I'm glad, because I tell you what, I think that would have been People do it on their own. Um, it's very rare that people have are allowed a guest in there. So I think some of the nurses are like, you're allowed to be here kind of thing. She didn't leave the room. She wasn't allowed to. You're not allowed to leave the room when you're having transplant. Wow. Infection risk. Because yeah, yeah. you've got no, they strip your immune system, strip your kind of, just, just with chemo, it just blasts you. I don't really know how it works, but it just blasts you. It removes your ability to process yeah. any sort of infection. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so, so, so we've got the date. We were in, and I remember. I remember passing on the way to the hospital. It was quite, wasn't emotional, but it was quite nerve wracking. We passed Dad down our road as he come back from Goodwood from doing a sprint <laughs> event, and everyone's like, and people were like, "Oh, why are you doing? Why are you racing when your son's off to have a bow round?" I was like, "He said I booked it before they had a date to go in. I can't, you know, I didn't want to waste my money." So I luckily I got to saw him in his Ford Falcon. He he passed. And I, I said, all right, I'll see you in six weeks kind of thing. I was able to see him for a window right. and speak to him, like, like wave them down below. It wasn't, it wasn't great for you. And I spoke to him on FaceTime, obviously that kind of thing. But it was, you know, a long, long six way. Weeks. Yeah. Five weeks for you. Yeah. So go, and, go in there. And I mean, you know, I had, I, 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 am, I, am, I am cautious of time, but we, we had, um, I had, I had three different types of chemo um, in the space of eight days. One of them was okay. Two of them were pretty rough. One of them was really like maybe shaky, was rough. So that sort of blitzed you. And then day t- 10 or nine, they give you the donor cells. They walk in this big R2D2 Dalek thing, um, like this big freezer. Yeah. Bring out cells, they defrost them in a warm bath, like a warm bubble bath thing. And they put them up and they, and they, and they, and they drip them. And I had, a, I, had a, I had a, what they call a Hickman line in my chest. I've like got a skull there. Feed for yes, it. it's a feed. So as well as like a cannula, it's like a quick kind of stuff. They weren't going to do that today. The they had a big tube. It literally was that long. Wow. Three lines. So they had anti sickness on one. You know, some of them they were they were th- three were used up at once at some point. You know, I'm having three yeah. things going in me at once. Um, I told I told we I was on an anti sickness drip twenty four seven because I've requested it because we'd spoke before prior planning it out. I said I I don't like feeling nauseous. Like yeah. History yeah. bit. They said, right, we'll plan for that. And I think, uh, I think it worked a treat. Um, and then I had to, when I was having showers and stuff, I had to hang it on the, on the door hook. Luckily, the, 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 the string was long enough like, that was plugged on. And I, and I had to sort of tape up in a bag all my lumens, my loose lumens, I called them. Um, Louis Lumens. Louis Lumens. Who's <laughs> never heard of that one? That's good. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, you know, so I was with these, you know, flappy, they were leaning a part of me, really. Um, and you know what? Blessed to have my mum with me. Um, it wasn't, I don't know whether I was, because I was a little bit, I was feeling well before going into it. I wasn't completely 
yeah. bombed with chemo before. Wasn't as bad as the first two chemos. Now that's saying something. I think hardest part was boredom. Yeah, being in one room. Yeah, yeah. It's for a prison, isn't it? five weeks. Oh yeah, I I watched. You know, I, I, we got in some good films, and I watched Shawshank Redemption because I was like, it's one of my favourite films, and I was like, you know, relating to like being in prison. Kind of. yeah, Obviously, yeah, it's yeah. not as bad, probably. I'm You're like, how can I bribe the warden to get out of? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm gonna need a tunnel to spoon out. <laughs> yeah, um, removed all the posters. So yeah. Hide your, your tunnel, so. Um. So. So yeah, I, I mean, you know. And and, and I, I hope you appreciate, you know, I am skipping over a reasonable amount of details. Yeah, I can understand. Um, That's a lot, big chunk of what's happened. We can't go into the full detail. Yeah. In I'm, terms of time-wise, more than anything. I know, like, I know. I, I have covered it. You've the, really given a real good the whole insight thing. on it. I, I, <laughs> yeah. Um, from, so from there, so from left transplant... I wasn't looking at my watch for the time. It buzzed. I was like, what's going on? <laughs> I feel like you went, oh, well, I'm trying to skip out. Like, oh, no, 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 no. That's fine, that's fine. Uh, we are good for time, are we? Are we? Uh, uh, timekeeper, are we good for time? We've got five minutes, so it's an hour. Okay, that's fine. We'll, we'll slightly go over an hour. We could do two parts. We could, but that would require me coming back down. No, but... We could pause it. Like, like, tomorrow? Did you do two Are you free tomorrow afternoon? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah. Because we could do. Yeah, we'll come like, back afterwards. Do your arm thing because you're gonna have to make this out. Hold on, you could do like uh, one. The first hour is like your story, and then another hour is about cars, like well, a special. Are we? I'm, I'm, I'm free tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, I'm, with regards to if we're now going to do the two party thing, are we at the part now where we are? Right now, we'll move on to the car bit. Or are we still finishing off the? Let's. There's a bit more. So we'll just get up to date before I am. I've had a few scans and. and, and a That's few. fine. So we were at. You're in hospital. I'll do another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're also losing. I think. The. It's quite dark now. Right. Okay. But it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Yeah. And then part two will be bright because it'll be in the yeah. afternoon. Yeah. 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 And, and then you can either decide. No, I say finish it now. Finish we'll, the story we'll, now. We'll, we'll yeah, 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 yeah. And then we'll figure out what we're doing tomorrow. Because okay. then, we'll we'll yeah. then you can decide whether you want to release two episodes or whether you want to release like special edition long two-hour episode. Yeah, that's fine. So we're Do another in hospital for five. Right. And we're back. <laughs> <laughs> A little... Uh, so five weeks in. Yeah. You're bored. You've watched Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, I've had, I've had my new donor stem cells in. Thank you, whoever you are, donor. Um, Do you ever get to meet the donors? Yes. That's pretty cool. I don't know who they are. Oh. I'm not allowed to know who they are yet. They don't know who I am. Right. It's completely confidential. Okay. Um, I've written a letter, a very, very, very nondescript letter, because Anthony Nolan, as a charity, go through and blank out with a black pen any like personal a details. FBI. Yes. Wow. Um, because it's so... I don't know why it... It's just confidential. I, mm. I, I sort of can understand why, but... But I think as the time goes by, it, there's a time limit. And they say, right, you can exchange a contact detail with them personally. Yeah. But everything has to go through Anthony Nolan. The charity sorts out the links to donors and stuff. That's it. So, so we've gone through, we've gone through the, the, the transplant. And um, I, came out, I came home where I hadn't walked up steps, going up the stairs. My, my, naturally, because my muscles hadn't done the action. Walk, do so my, my legs were like, kick kick each step were like tapping you know because I hadn't weren't picking my legs up yeah, yeah. 
you know, hadn't moved in a distance because the room was. I know listeners won't be on the same floor as the rest of the same yeah, room. Yeah. <laughs> but the room size was probably like this patioed area to so, the windows. Uh, this, this, probably like that, that big. And that's what, and obviously with a bed in it. So this is about bed. three meters by what, five meters? Yeah, yeah. Like, so, so we got out there. I'm on, I'm on immune suppressant drugs to reduce what they call graft versus host disease, which is basically your new donor starts attacking your body. It's like when you have an organ donor. Your body has to like fight back. Yes, yeah, because yeah. if you, you get like a kidney, different... your body could attack it because it's foreign, yeah. that kind of thing. So I was on immune suppressant stuff. Uh, I can't remember what called now. Um, and I'm off that now. I think you're off it around 100, post 100 days of transplant. I'm now post 200 something days transplant. I don't know what specifically. I had a scan, PET scan, which went really well. Really good Fantastic. news. Um, it was it was a clear scan, and um, I, we, me and Mum were over the moon. Um, I think Mum probably was more than me. I'm kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, of course, it's fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm super super happy about that. Um, obviously, a lot of I've got I've got I do have a scan coming up. I don't potentially December. Right. Yes, I'm a little bit. I don't know. I wouldn't say anxious is the right word. Potentially anxious gets overused a little bit too much. Probably, I say nervous. A little bit nervous for it. Pensive. Yeah, pensive. Yeah, I like that. Um, yes, a little bit pensive for it. Um, but fingers crossed, it's all good. Um, but yeah, as, as a lot of my friends will know, and, and generally a lot of you know, you know, some of the, with the car show we had in the summer, I've got to be real careful with with yeah. with COVID, colds, flus. Well, it's the thing that we talked about quite a lot before we said, right, this is what we'll, when we'll do it, it's like, right, let's make sure safety is priority. Yes, exactly. The last thing you want is some northerner coming down and giving you a cold and <laughs> cocking everything up for you. Exactly, mate. Yeah. Uh, oh, damn, yeah, that would be good, would Your mum would damn. literally kill me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. This guy, jeez, <laughs> she'll hunt me down. And so, my car's liveried, so it won't be hard to figure oh, out. Oh, yeah, you're, you're not getting away with it. <laughs> um, um, with the, so... So yeah, so that's where I'm at at the moment. I, obviously, you know, I, I'm I'm looking forward to going to the pubs, going to to I haven't to be a teenager like and like I can drink now and then yeah, you've not had that opportunity yet. Uh, car shows, you know, like all, all the good ones and just car shows in general, you know. Yeah. Uh, I've done the one that we know of. So you can't come to coffees and cars tomorrow morning then. Probably not. Is that a little shout out? <laughs> yeah. um, as I said, I, I, I've, it's probably too many people in a, in a confined be. area. You want to jeopardize yourself. Um, anyway. So, and especially at the moment with the, the, with the germs going around. So, that's what I'm going to I've got a scan coming up. I'm just hoping that it's good. Hopefully, it will be. I'm positive that it will. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so, so obviously, and then I've got. You know, you've got a whole career to get started. Got a yeah. whole career to get started, yeah. and a love of cars that needs feeding. <laughs> well, we're going to get onto that one. So what we're going to do is we'll break it at this point because it's. I can for the last half hour I've been able to smell your dinner cooking, and I imagine that's why your dad knocked out on the window. Yeah, because well, it I, smells like this stir fry in there. It um, did smell like that, but yeah. I don't know. No one's at the table. No one's eating anything. So <laughs> unless I, it's I, one of the neighbours. Unless it's make you jealous. Unless he's doing homemade pizzas, and when I mean homemade pizzas. Sauce, dough, or proper homemade, oh, homemade nice. as it can get. Um, <laughs> um, he's uh, oh, very lucky to have such a good. I need to learn. I need to learn. You do. You need to because I'm, I'm useless in the kitchen. Um, but, uh, but what we'll do is we'll come back tomorrow afternoon. So the 
this will be in daylight. Yes, next hopefully. Part. Yeah. Um, we'll probably do it as one long episode, and it will be so that we can make it. We can have a full conversation rather than it trying to condense everything in, because we've we've nicely. I think with enough detail without it being too much detail that I would get lost, basically. Yeah, I if hope... If we had more detail in that story, I'm going to start losing my understanding of what's going on, I think. Yeah. Because it's a, obviously a very complex situation. I hope... And my simple brain doesn't go much further than that. Yeah, yeah I, I, I hope... I'm not worried, but I, that is just my slow worry. I hope that it is easy to... Somewhat easy to... No, that's fine. So we'll, we'll um, pick this up tomorrow. We'll talk cars cars if the lighting's better we might even be able to do this in front of the anglia potentially yeah um, i'll try and find a camping chair you got any camping chair we'll figure that oh, out oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but from the video perspective this will like will break and then we'll come back tomorrow and we'll pick up on cars tomorrow yeah lovely yes. we can <laughs>synchronized that at that point and the video is now going to be live in terms of video terms yeah, yeah. so as we can tell it's outside in the daytime now back here again We're back again day <laughs> <Take> two, two. <laughs> um, what we've also figured out is that the microphones might not have picked up as much audio as we thought on the night video so if anyone's listening to the audio of this the quality would have just gone sky sky up yeah. and been like oh they have got microphones they're just idiots and by they me i'm just an idiot um yeah so last night we obviously went through the story of the last two years and yeah yeah the difficulty that that's been yeah. now we're on to like part two or the second half where we get to talk about cars probably the more fun stuff well the less inspiring stuff for sure <laughs> um but it's it's the bit that kind of connects everything that we talked about to what yeah. what we're doing so it makes more sense um to have everything all in one go so obviously we met at Goodwood, thanks to um, thanks Wacky Racers. Thanks to Wacky Racers Coffee Club. And uh, sort of, I say biggest thanks for all, uh, Charles Evans, Dues yeah. Coops, as he's also known as. Yes. Um, he's a, he's a, he's a cracking guy. Terrific guy. Um, yeah. I can't sing his praises enough, but uh, yeah, so he sorted out an uh, amazing sort of gathering of complete variety we had in the summer at Goodwood. Yeah, definitely. Um, so we had like me in the 86 and a couple of other modified stuff. Some proper old school like hot rods. Proper, we, yeah, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. They were really cool. I'll take credit for that. <laughs> um, the Americana stuff that came down, obviously you and your dad and your two. Yeah. Uh, what else? There was that D-type replica. That D-type replica, which has... A couple um, of supercars. Uh, uh, oh, mine's gone blank. Uh, Mark 1 Cortina. Yeah. Um, yeah, my mate Adam with his Audi. Um, I can't think what else. We, we had a complete... It's a really good little mix there. Mix, yeah, yeah really awesome. good fun morning out as well. And hoping uh, we can hopefully repeat something similar next year. Yeah, fingers but crossed. But I'm not going to sort of say anything more because there's nothing like, like laid yeah, out. I don't yeah. want to make any promises that I can't fulfil. So, no, but we're going to try and try and do something. Definitely. Um, so obviously, the, the car that you were there in was your Anglia. Yes. So I know it's not your first Anglia. So no. talk me through <laughs> your your current. Kind so, of car uh, history, so to speak. Yeah, so okay. Well, I'm, I'm very, very, very fortunate that I've been lucky enough to have experience uh, a sort of a range of different cars. Um, my personal history: first ever car was a Ford Ka, like the proper 
jelly yeah, mold, yeah, the, the old one. ones, the original ones. The, um, yeah, I, I absolutely love them. Uh, I know that it's a brilliant first car, it's cheap as chips. Um, if I could have another one, honestly, I would. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. Honestly, and I think I think there'll be a future classic. I've seen a couple of posts recently of people buying them now while they're in good condition to yeah, hold on to. Because them. they're all rock boxes. Yeah, they're all absolute. You know, they're all absolute pigs. Um, so if you can find a solid one, which mine was, um, obviously there's a racing series for them. I don't know if you knew that. I did know that. Uh, yeah, Enduro Ka. Um, so that was great fun. So move that on, and I've got a, I've got a, my sort of dailies a CIB for. 2008, which is a lovely car. Does all your things. Yeah. Gets me to and from Fuel Coffee House. <laughs> yeah, as we unfortunately had to do yesterday. <laughs> um, you know, has an aux cord to all them good mod, mod con things. But uh, yeah, so the more interesting cars. So when I was sort of naive and young, I always looked at the uh, the Hillman Imps, which I've said to you previously. I've always said uh, the car shows. Like, I really want one of them. Yeah. I love the the them slammed. I love the, the the immaculate paint jobs. I love the look of them. Um, I thought they were really cool, and the whole rear engine thing I think really appeals to me. It's like yeah. a, a, a mini Porsche, baby Porsche, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. or a Carmen Gear, or something like that. Exactly, exactly. So um, I always wanted one of them, and I mean, as a first car, it's a bit, it's a bit hope, hopeful, really. Uh, you, you then get to learn about oh, insurance is ridiculous money for young people. Yeah, it is. It's insane. I had an Austin Mini as my first car. Oh wow! And I was oh. very lucky that um, Footman James and the other classic car insurers yeah, yeah. allowed. Under, for the first year ever they allowed under 25s to insure a classic yeah and that one year is the only year they ever did it because everybody crashed the cars <laughs> made claims and everything yeah, went yeah. skyrocket so then they went no more classics for people under 25 did you what year was it mm, so I'd be 10 years ago yeah so 2011-ish yeah so what year was the car oh the car was an 88 an 88 yeah so an average okay yeah, yeah, yeah which is what Three years knew it. Sorry, that looks like a Spitfire. I it's not. It is, but we're going to get this. Is on. this is a Goodwood Aerodrome traffic? Yeah, yeah. Not the um, worst traffic in the world, but you're probably going to hear it in the audio. It's definitely not a Spitfire. Um, so yeah, that was a 998. It's actually four years newer, three years newer than this Renault that I've got now. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's five years older than I am. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was an 988 cc. Uh, mini lights, bright orange paint yes, job. Yes, mini lights. Bucket seats. Bright out. orange paint job as well. Bright orange with gold mini lights, like deep dish ones as well. Straight through exhaust. Uh, Recaro oh, seats out of. Um, oh, you've oh. got to show me this. I've only got a couple of photos that got nicked. But, I can't remember. It was out of like an 80s classic car, these Recaro seats. Like a. I think it might have been a Vauxhall that it came from. Yeah, yeah. So possibly a Manta. Yeah. yeah. An Opal. Um, but yeah, they were proper brown. I love the orange as well because we'll get on to. So, uh, was, was it pretty nippy as well? It's it fast enough because it only weighed like 600 kilos. 600 kilos, yeah, yeah literally, so. yeah, yeah. Uh, and you, you know, the 997 engine, it was more than a capable engine, enough. Yeah, it's tuned up and that. Only so. four gears though, so it, if it had a fifth gear, the top end would have been much better. Yeah. Well, like up to 30 mile an hour, it could outrun pretty much anything. Yeah. It yeah. had no weight to shift. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, back to so, your so, cars. So I always wanted these Hill Nymphs. And then, and then one year we were at, um, me and Dad were at, we were at Good Revival, as we are most years, apart from unfortunately the recent ones with, with COVID and stuff. But yeah. um, so, so there's a chap we know, a um, really, really lovely guy. And he, um, he said, oh, I've got this, uh, I can't remember how we're talking about it, but he said, oh, I've got this Ford Anglia. 
And I'd never really paid much attention to the classic Ford scene, which is obviously a big scene in this country. Yep. Um, I'd never really paid much attention to the Anglies. I, 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 I knew, obviously, Ron Weasley had a flying one in the film, yeah, yeah. which a lot of people sort of know that from. But, and it was bright orange. Nice. Bright orange. Good colour. Uh, so it had, I, don't, I wouldn't say it had a straight pipe, it had a meaty exhaust on it. And, yeah. and it, was, it, was, it, was, it was really good money, really solid. It was a South, and this is important, it was a South African import. Right. Okay, so it wasn't registered. It didn't have a V5 and it wasn't on reg plates. It was on South African plates. Um, and uh, we, 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 we went out and had a look at it. We really liked it. Had a 997cc engine, which is the standard kind of deluxe model out of Anglia engine. So you get with the Anglias, you get, you get a deluxe and you get a super. And the super is a higher trim with a 1200cc as right, opposed okay. to a 997, yeah. which is sort of the 1.2, 1 litre. 1 um, so so we, we really liked the car. We bought it, it was really solid because those are the things with the, any classic car, it's like, you want something that's not. Yeah, you yeah. Want South Africa's solid. a good place to get a car from if you want something relatively exactly. solid. Exactly, yeah. Obviously the climate and everything, yeah. that's pretty good for preserving cars. So it was great. It sat in our garage for a long time, probably far too long than it should have had before we really like, and you know, did anything. Say, before we really, yeah, did anything. So <laughs> we, were like, we were like, you know, how do we, come on, how do we get this registered? So dad had registered many cars for because he's shipped a lot of American cars in his, in his lifetime, but things nowadays aren't as simple as they were <laughs> in his time say the 80s and 90s right? yeah, yeah when everything was on paper yeah yeah so so we 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 weren't 100% sure of the year of it we spoke to the Anglia Owners Club which are really helpful and chap there was was brilliant uh gave us what he believed the year for it was gave us a little letter and we posted it to the DVLA saying we want to register it all the documents with with the the you know I, I don't know what they have but the loads of sort of shipping stuff and the, and the South African logbooks. The DVLA did not like it at all. Really? So it doesn't, it didn't have a chassis plate on it. You know, like old British cars, they've got the yeah. ID plates on them and stuff. It had just the numbers, like almost like hammer, like stamped into the, into the, into the strut. And this was by any means, not like a rip off. This was, this was, was, this was yeah. you know, Ford metal. It was, it was all really solid. It, you, you can't make a kit car of one, you know, without yeah. it. It was, it was a really, it was a proper Anglia. Um, you know, he would have said to anyone, go, oh yeah, nice Anglia. But, de- so one of the Log Saffron Logbook, it said in the detail, it said built up. And I believe the Anglia Owners Club believe that they sent like almost like an Ikea flat pack yeah. to South Africa, and Portugal, guess- New Zealand, and they built them there in factories. Oh, they right, almost like, you know, literally like going to Ikea, ordering your flat, and then you build it at home. Yeah, yeah like a catrum. Like a kit, yeah, yeah, yeah literally yeah. like a kit. They build them in, in the foreign countries. So, we tried again with more letters from the owners club because that kind of, you know, they know what they're talking about. It kind of helps. Yeah. They, short, long story short, they really didn't like it and they didn't want to touch it and they refused to register it. Now, they refused to register it with a historic plate, which you want with a historic car because yeah. it, it's a historic car. They were allowing it to be registered under a kit car plate. Ugh. So orange plate on the back, yeah. white on the front, as opposed to kind of the, 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 the gray kind of metal. Yeah, yeah the plates. black and silver. Yeah, black and silver. Um, and dad said, no way, Jose, are we having Q reg plates on it. Yeah. Um, it devalues a car, it's got a classic, and... Causes all sorts of fuss. Exactly, it really does. You have to pay like 300 quid a year tax on it. You have to have it through like a cute a kit car like MOT, which is a specific for them, yeah. it's bonkers. We're going, no way. So we ended up selling it. 
which is a shame because it was a really lovely car and it was a shame i do believe it's on the road now just following on facebook and, and seeing things yeah um which is which is nice to see i believe someone's what a lot of people do with classic cars they buy like id off another car like the log books yeah and stuff. yeah and then just register this yeah one, that one. which I'm still surprised works because the DVLA, they've got everything on a computer database and they can, in the old days, you used to get like, uh, you know, a, 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 a hot rod if it didn't have any, and, you know, really old cars. It came with nothing because it's all been lost. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah. They, in the old, in my dad's days, you could register it on a, on a Triumph yeah. uh, ID, you know, V5 logbook and they that would be absolutely fine. They'd give yeah. you a historic plate for it. So, um, I but, guess if you have uh, the chassis and all the bits from a different one, and you just go, well, we restored it, and this is what it looks yeah. like. Yeah, it's, it's a workaround, really. So I, I believe, I believe it's uh, it's all on the road. Um, so it's nice to see it's not because it was such a nice car. I was worried that someone's going to buy it, pull it apart for theirs because it was so yeah. solid. And 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 you know they they are hard to come by really solid nowadays. You know uh, yeah. you can't. There's very rare you get perfect Ford Anglia now. I mean, with any classic car, I think any Fords. Yeah. So. Um, so so then we were in the market looking for for the next one uh, and what i'll say is is me me and dad really like the cars we're we're well into classic fords my dad's got a 1965 ford falcon yep um he's got his photo pop up of yeah photo <laughs> pop up uh track car uh 302 ford 302 cubic inch ford v8 says five liter yeah um it does have nitrous does it it does oh that's wicked i'll show you i'll show you uh definitely after. do that we've never used it um that's still pretty cool it's, it's literally got like the blue nos bottle and boot which i'm like it's <laughs> you forget but that, that's cool you know it's yeah, just yeah. It's proper fast drag racing yeah fast even though even though it's like more of a track car but that was that was imported from america we've had that for like six years now but but back to the angle so we're 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 you know dad really likes cars and we have a shared interest in in, in classic cars and especially these so we were looking on the market for another one, and um, we found one, a uh, burgundy one, which, which my mates will know and some people will know that I had for a little while. Um, yeah, really, really lovely burgundy one. It was sort of lowered on mineralites, lights, yeah. and um, it, was, it was cracking. It had a steering rack done to it, and it had coilovers on the front. It was really cool, and it had original engine. But, um, so I had that for a little while, and yeah. it, was, it was cracking. It was really, really good. I really liked it. It was sort of my first classic that I drove back because I didn't really drive the orange one because it wasn't road registered. Yeah, exactly. And this, uh, this is Burgundy one. Oh, we'll get a photo of that. Yeah. yeah. Um, Anyone was, listening to just the audio is going to be like, what is it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I just have to watch the was, YouTube. Uh, was a cracking little pocket rocket. 1.2 litre engine. I don't believe anything I've done was it. Uh, it was like, it wasn't fast, okay. But it was, you know, nippy. Yeah. I could, and with the rack and steering, it was, I could throw it around the roundabouts and... and, and Plus, because they're small and old and metal, you feel like you're going so much quicker yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. It was so stiff, the coilovers and everything on it and the, and, the, and the bushings and everything, it was so stiff, you could feel every bump. Yeah. Which isn't like, sort of, the one I've got now. So, um, so yeah, so that was cracking. Um, but... We we wanted to sort of so we wanted to engine swap it yeah and what this guy had done and we wanted we we knew the engine we wanted we wanted a fifteen hundred GT pre crossflow engine Ford engine yeah. out of a Mark One Cortina that is the period upgrade for Ford Anglia so if you see any racing at revival members meeting they will have a fifteen hundred from a Cortina from a Cortina yeah because yeah. they they fit right in it's the same 
base block just sort of you know a bit bigger yeah and they make their the real cracking engine I'm a, I'm a i love my old school motors so it's 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 when i look at it and you know when you've got the big carbs on them and stuff yeah, it's yeah dead cool dead cool um so the one the one where the one we had previewed the burgundy one it all had escort suspension on it right and um the escort suspension wasn't sort of it's not the best fit right for for the anglia i know some people some people a lot of people i know have made it work but for me and dad sort of quite simple garage mechanics uh it was going to need a bit of work being done to it to swap put this engine in because i had an escort cross member in it and so we were thinking it was sort of without it was sort of with without spending too much money it was sort of um you know beyond be an extra challenge yeah yeah beyond the um the what am i saying the beyond the sort of capabilities and money that we were willing to spend so we thought i did really like the car but we found we found a we found another one which was cracking which is really lovely which we've got currently yeah and and we basically and we we sold burgundy one and we bought this one up so it was pretty yeah uh, you know like like and the one we've got now is pretty bog standard it's lovely inside lovely green interior uh, sort of wooden steering wheel, which they didn't originally come with, but it's just quite a simple mod. Uh, Twelve hundred engine. It's a lot slower than the Burgundy one, right? But it feels because it's not got the rack and pinion steering, and it's not set as low. But it feels like a proper old car. Yeah. The the steering box, like when you're when you're on the straight, it just you know in the movies when they're like going like that, it's like that. I don't know if you're. <laughs> I'm guessing your Renault's a steering rack. rack and, it is a rack. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. obviously in the sixties they, they all had steering boxes. Yeah. Um, it just it just floats in your hand. And you go, no, it's bizarre. Uh, it's cracking, though. I've never driven a car from the 60s, so I've never experienced Never driven that. a 60s car? No, no. 80s is as old as I've driven. Yeah, I, w- I would let you have a look by mine. <laughs> well, when next year, obviously, we can. Yeah, of course. <laughs> we'll start out. But, um, well, we're going to do the, the race between that and the Renault 5. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's definitely getting sorted. But, um, but yes, yeah, so we, we picked this one, and, and it, we've done nothing to it. Right. We've had it for... God. I, I, honestly, I, I, I couldn't say I, I've lost black memory, but we've you know probably come up for a I don't know not a year next year at some point yeah. uh, early next year I'd say it's probably a year. But um, so yeah, we've got this lovely angle. It's original. The, it rides on the road so well. It's got really them. Whereas my Burgundy one had sort of buckets in it. Yeah. This one's got the original sort of spongy old oh, 60s. Yeah, I mean. Oh my god! And I went up a up a hill well, that was hardly like, suspension in those days wasn't it yeah that was is part of it and I went on a not a pothole but a sort of little dip in the road and I went bang and I banged my head on the roof <laughs> and you think you know flipping neck proper spring and, yeah it does it. have seat belts which I actually quite like they, they're quite snug as well um, so if everyone wants to take it around the track but yeah so we've got this got this cracking angle it's lovely it's, it's sort of perfect for what me and my dad want me and my dad want to do with it because a lot of the ford guys chuck in two liter z-tex yeah, yeah 200 horsepower modernize it to a certain yeah and and well i do love that i'd, I'd love a wicked fast anglia or any classic ford because i yeah. think they hold the road so well and they're and they're just little you know just little dagenham boxes of joy <laughs> yeah yeah i know what you mean um to rip around the B roads, but we want to. We, we love, really love our old school stuff. So we've got a 1500 GT engine. Yep. Uh, we're currently building it now. Um, slow progress because we're learning. 
Dad did. Dad's dad's no stranger to building engines. He used to build big block Mopars for his old drag car. Yeah, but bit different um, to a small. 1500. To a small fifteen hundred. Yeah, yeah, it is a bit different. <laughs> but but uh, they, that was a long time ago, and 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 he's forgotten certain things. And we 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 believe the crank's gonna have to be re sent off somewhere to be reground. Right. Um, potentially near your old ends, uh, Uckfield. Okay. Uh, so we found a, a CCK Historics, I think, a company up there. They they sort of do machining for engines. So oh. we've got to get the crank reground potentially. Um, just need to confirm it with someone because it's sort of a bit scratched on the bearings because you want them all smooth and you lovely. Definitely want them smooth. <laughs> exactly. Um, and the board, uh, the engine uh, block will probably need rehoning, um, which is just it's got like a little carbon lip around the top where right. it's just old just build and build up and stuff and it hasn't run we know the engine runs but we're going we're tearing through it and we're going to have a good solid reliable engine by the plans of it and it should be in that angle and, and hopefully it'll be, it'll be quick and hopefully you don't have that done before we have a chance to do the race because <laughs> yeah, I've got I the advantage know. at this my, point my, my goal is um, retro rides next 20. year 2022 uh, be it Goodwood well, what we could do if the timing of it works, now we're talking about getting the Wacky Races Coffee Club out again, yeah. we could do that at a dyno. Because when it's up and running, you can then find out what's going Yeah, dyno. yeah, yeah. I know a couple of the guys from that group, they've got a friend who has a dyno, because mm. they've both, a couple of them have been with their classics. Yeah. One of them's got an MGA, the other's got a Mark II Jag. Yes. So something like that would be a real good... Amazing. It would be a nice little update for your car so you can see how much power it's got. Yeah, I know. And a reason to get all the Wacky Races guys together. Yeah. Do a little dyno day, something like that. That's oh, I know. probably a nice little fun... That'd be cracking, yeah. Fun yeah, afternoon yeah. or something. There, there, I know there are some dynos around these ends. I've never been to them. Well, this it'll be between here and West London, so it won't be a million miles out yeah, of the way. Yeah, of course. Because they're all that way based. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Probably something that I've got. Be a, yeah, out. but I, I do need to get... Um, disc brakes on the front yeah there's drums all round and I th while they work absolutely brilliantly for a 1.2 engine about pushing 40 horsepower probably yeah so like, I think on the paper it's like 38 39 right period, which you know it's 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 um 1.2 litre engine from the from 1960 well I think they were made in 59 those as first engines when they were developed and produced so you know, and the, the disc brakes work fine for disc, drum. Sorry, disc brake, drum brakes work fine for driving around town at the moment. So, I imagine discs will just give you that bit of safety, though. Yeah, and hopefully, if we get an engine in it, discs on the front, I'd like to take it around track. Nice. Well, you're so close to Goodwood, so um, it would be a shame be, not to be able to pick that one up quite easily. Yeah, definitely, definitely, and do some. I'd like to do some sprint events because Dad does sprint events. Uh, so, what sprint event is? It's like it's literally one lap around Goodwood, yeah. but you put in a category with like for like cars. And it's about who gets the fastest. Yeah, literally yeah, who yeah. gets the fastest lap. I'm um, thinking of doing some. A friend of mine does it. He he's just got rid of his Exige and got a Cayman GT4. Yeah, so he's just moved up a class. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he says it's great because you're not taxing the car too much because it's not lap after lap no. after lap. It's just one hard go. One hard go, exactly. Um, what so I will say is it can be quite hairy, scary with the sprint events and the reason being is cold tyres yeah sometimes this generally it's just England for you a, a slightly a damp, damp um, mossy track yeah. sometimes Google can be a bit slippy um, and, and, and you're not so when you're in a track day you're, you're dialed in you're, you're lap after lap you, you're in a, you, you, you get into the rhythm of you it. get into the rhythm the yeah. groove 
with this it's like you get a you know you, a, a two an hour break before just going out and doing one lap and, yeah and you've got to you know so so it can there, there have unfortunately there have i have seen accidents yeah yeah because uh, it's and it's not consistent no no going over it's cold tires like i said and, and maximum and attack as well maximum attack trying to go as fast as you can I, people do do slip up my character so i'll it will just be for pure purposes of fun. yeah, yeah. But, well, uh, i imagine to... next year the duke hill climb will be back yes so i'm going to try and go down to that as well that's it uh, get the run out up the hill chelsea walsh i think so yeah 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 um That'd be a fun one to go to. Oh my goodness! It and will. if I can get the Renault there, and if they'll let me, I'll see if it'll make it to the top of the hill. Because <laughs> I think it's forty-seven horsepower. Yeah, oh, you'll when make it was it. new, you'll make it. So yeah, it'll be a fun one. It's not going to set any laps. Anyone, no one's going to be worried about the pace. I think last year they had a few Ferraris and Lambos and things going up. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not going to be show stopping. Yeah, but it'll be a lot of fun. And yeah, good to be involved with and probably get try and get some sponsorship to do some charity work and stuff amazing like I, I i saw the photos from this year and it looked cracking it did look a real good and a friend of mine who went he said oh you'd have it had fitted in really well because it was a real broad range of people it wasn't snooty or anything like that it was just turn up in whatever you want yeah if it's something interesting great blast up the hill and have a laugh yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, he said it was a, a real barrel of laughs yeah um, and it looked like a really good fun event so yeah amazing i'm going to coffees and cake next weekend actually i'm going to Try and call Merlin for five minutes. See yeah, what yeah. His plans are, um, but I think that West London group is really because I'm not from the south. Yeah, I've not lived within range of London before. Yeah. So over since what kind of lockdown really for me that's where I've I've made some friends and I've become kind of part of this little community. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Which I didn't really know existed because you think of London and you think oh it's all it's Londoners and it's tough and it's yeah. cold and it's wet and and you go over to like Wimbledon Common for the Southside Hustle. Southside Hustle, which I, I am ashamed to say I've uh, You've never... had good reason not to, to be fair, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, to be fair, to be fair. But uh, hopefully next year I'll be kicking yeah, and exactly. uh, yeah, no, cracking. No, I, I, yeah, I know exactly what you're going to say. Yeah, top, top. It's a real good little mix of... Bunch of guys. And they come from all different backgrounds and there's no like sense of looking down at anyone. No, not so. Like I turn up in the Toyota, which is not a classic or a yeah. supercar or anything like that, and everyone's like, "Morning, how's it going? Love this, love that." And it's just part of being the yeah, car yeah, community. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously those are the guys that get involved with the Wacky Races Coffee Club, and they're the guys that came down to support what Charles did with you. And yeah, it's a really nice and raise a cracking amount of money for charity. Exactly. Like even outside of the charity work, when I got invited to go to the British Motor Show, two of them because I said, "Oh, can I crash on someone's sofa?" because yeah. it's in like Farnborough or whatever which is mm-hmm. not far from West London I said and I've got a sofa I can crash on just so I can go to this thing yeah. and I got a message off a couple of them going we've chipped in for a hotel for you no way yeah and they're like just we appreciate what you're doing we've got you a room for the night or whatever no so that you can way. at least I'd ne- I'd, I didn't that. know that how kind is that exactly and it's just it's really that little group are really kind and generous yeah. and they all like every time I've done a hoodie or a t-shirt or something, I've always had an order from at least one of them come through. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's really a real nice mix, and it, it's a real inspiration to the car world. And yeah, it's I, I, I think so. I, it's talking about scenes. I mean, obviously, I, I, I you see a lot online. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I've only, I've only been to a handful of shows. I haven't gone too further afield to. Uh, Just checking that still on. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I haven't been to uh, too far afield to see some of the ones. You know, yeah, uh, I'm trying to think. Like you know, there's, there's a few recently, like a bit further Midlands and up north. Yeah, well, there, there's a real 
diversity. So you've kind of got like your supercar owners, yes, supercar driver club, and all that sort of thing. Yes, um, you've then got like your classic cars, so retro rides, Goodwood Revival, yeah, all that sort of thing. And then you've got like your modified car scene, yes. and then that splits into its own like German, Japanese. Exactly. It really sp- spreads out. Yeah. Um, so there's a real broadness of events and shows that happen. Oh, completely, yeah. And being a clothing brand that's about cars, it's a lot of the time is trying to figure out which one to get Which to. one fit in. And I, I, can, I can even you know, split it further. I mean, I've, I've, I've grew, grown up with going to uh, sort of uh, South Coast like hot rod shows, yeah. uh, Victory Wheelers and stuff like that. You know, a lot of people went off, but it is very much, you know, a niche group of sort of Americana and, yeah, and hot rods yeah. and stuff. So... Um, it's all kind of different things so yeah I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to seeing different well, things seeing what's out there by, but by show season next year you're, you've got the all clear to be allowed to yeah, attend all this sort hope of stuff so. again without um, having to worry to the same level obviously it's still going to be like right keep some distance and yeah yeah and all that but hopefully it's not a I just can't leave and go and do these things just because any risk is yes. potentially a life-changing event. Yeah, which is uh, not what slightly frustrating enough to, to say. I do feel like a burden sometimes. But now um, I think the vast majority of the people would rather keep some distance and keep you yeah, safe well, than be yeah. pissed off at someone that's vulnerable. For going, <laughs> can you just give me a bit of space because I'm vulnerable? Yeah. Anybody that gets pissed off at you for that is a dick. You're, You're probably like, not wrong. I don't want to be around you anyway. I see. <laughs> I've, uh, yeah, my, my, uh, one of my friends said, like, I would feel absolutely um, guilt-ridden if I ever go for anything. I was like... Yeah, like mortified. Like, I, I didn't realise I had a cold coming in now. Yeah, yeah. Louis but, in the hospital because I had a cold. And you're like... But, oh, but yeah, thing is, you know, you don't know sometimes, you don't know. Um, but, uh, so, obviously, outside of having the Angler being in the classic cars and this and the other, Mercedes. Yeah. Big thing for you. Big thing for me. So, tell me a little bit more about the apprenticeship. Yeah, face. I can see the uh, smile. <laughs> You're facing me, though, so that might just pick up the... <laughs> um, tell me more about the apprenticeship. So, where do we begin? So, if you even go back uh, to the beginning, so where I was at college, uh, Fairham College, studied motorsport engineering, made some absolutely amazing friends, lifelong friends. Yeah. Um, shout out to the, to the college guys, uh, if any of you listen to this. But... Um, they do, um, we had an amazing teacher called Tonin and, and he was awesome. And we just kind of learned the basics of working on cars, level two. And I didn't sit, sadly, COVID kind of got in the way of level three and also my um, unfortunate hospital uh, appointments yeah. uh, kind of got in the way of my level three, but I, I still managed to complete it. But in, in, the, in my first year of college, um, our college does a scheme. It's linked to Mercedes. Oh, not a money laundering scheme then. No, no. That <laughs> <laughs> must just be a northern thing. <laughs> <laughs> they, um, they, um, they do a, so, so, so Mercedes have like a, so when I say Mercedes, Mercedes AMG high performance powertrains. Now it's a long winded name, but this is the power unit, as it's technically called, side of Mercedes F1 team. Yeah. So Mercedes F1 team has two bases, Brackley, which everyone's aware of, where the car's built. That yeah. is carbon fiber, the laminating, you're, you're all just clever, clever engineers upstairs doing the doing air aerodynamics and stuff yeah. like that and designing and drawing. Where I'm going isn't Brackley, it is, I think it's about 45 minutes away. They're all not around the outskirts of Northampton. Yeah. I'm going Bricksworth. Now Bricksworth is the engine facility. So um, engine facility being, the, they produce the power units for F1 cars, 
for the teams Mercedes, obviously, McLaren, they currently supply, Aston Martin and Williams. Right. So that's almost half the grid they supply. Yeah. It's a lot of power units they've got to produce, pump out. I believe they have something like 12 dynos, right. literally. I've been, so I've been there for work experience, I'll get into. They, 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 you know, they're all running all the time, just running lap. I've probably seen it on YouTube where they, they have a computer program and it'll be like Silverstone. And, and the engine will go through the gears, every corner, is it? But the engine will be simulating the stress of yeah. going for a lap. Of Oh, that's really cool. Dude. I remember on um, Top Gear, can remember, there was an episode where Richard Hammond drove a Renault yes. F1 car. Another one, yeah. And they had it programmed to do the re- the French national anthem. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Nah, 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 nah. yeah <laughs> Just yeah, using yeah. the revs of the car. It was like um, absolutely insane. Yeah, I, I've seen that, all sorts of things. Happy birthday. I think Red Bull yeah. on YouTube have done that's it. crazy. The engine, oh, Dude, it's 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 yeah. We're, we're getting we're getting into racing afterwards, but with the with the college thing. So, Mercedes have a have a sort of scheme called Student of the Year Award or something like that. Scheme award, um, Student of the Year Award. So, our college was was one of the ones linked to it, and you you apply for it, and your teachers kind of put you forward. Uh, and if you win the award, you win five hundred pound and a week's work experience there, nice. and you get to sort of apply for the apprenticeship. Yeah. Um, so I had, we had a handful of us at the college apply, um, two of my mates as well, so three of us from motorsport, um, and I luckily, luckily what I got a one I probably deserved. Yeah, yeah, I mean. What did you spend the 500 quid on? I imagine so, I can't remember. Not even car parts? I can't remember, <laughs> I, I, I probably, I, was I driving then? If so, I had a Ford KA, so. Oh, it wasn't like Cortina uh, No, 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 not, not at that time. But, um, you know, um, so my, I know, you know, I know that one of, the, one of my mates um, did an amazing PowerPoint on, so you had to make, so when we were doing, to win the award, you had to have an interview with this Mercedes lady and uh, do a PowerPoint presentation on engineering or something like that. I know my mate did an amazing one. Parker's pictures, Finley Parker Photography. Oh, right, okay. On Instagram. He did an amazing one about linking like, engineering to nature. I mean, have you heard about that? The where, how, I, I mean, it was amazing when he explained it to me, but for me to be able to explain it, I, I can't even it. I can't, but, um, so, you know, they, I was up against some tough competition. Yeah. And. Uh, super pleased I, I, I somehow managed to win the award and, um, and so I went for the week's work experience and at this time if you still listen, probably listened to the previous hour in the dark uh, you would have known I wasn't feeling very well at this time yeah. so I went for the week's work experience about a month away from my diag- uh, probably two months away from my diagnosis right uh, of, of cancer so I had the week's work experience it was amazing I loved it um, and I applied for the apprenticeship. And I mentioned it briefly in the previous hour. I went for the interview. Uh, we did a team building exercise, had a little bit of tour, um, and I had an interview, and I was the last interview to go. And the lady came up to me and she said, um, have you got anywhere to be? You know, I don't want to, we're running a little bit behind. I said, no, no, it's all. Luckily, I've got, I've got my trusty parents with me <laughs> um, because they, they, they wanted to come with me. So that was amazing. Um, and I said, so no worry about that. I said, I'm just happy to be here because I'm glad it didn't land on a date where I was in hospital having chemotherapy. And it was a risk because it was just a week. I'd had, I'd had my Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday chemo the week before. Yeah, your B-cup one. My, hey, well done. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and literally the week after. So that's, 
the, the you know it you feel rough you feel crap for a good few days after yeah so it was you know like it was like we've got to we've got to take this risk we can't delay let's go for it let's just do it and i'm so glad they best day of 2020 i was so chuffed myself that i was just be able to there and be able to be there and 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 and, and i just i just i don't know and I, I did a when the interview you had to do a presentation again so i was like oh another presentation well i'm used to yeah, it now yeah. And I did it on the evolution history of F1 engines. So going back from the 50s, you had you know, 2.5 liter naturally aspirated engines, um, the 50s and then 60, early 60s was 1.5 liters, late 60s to literally, that was a squirrel. Was it a squirrel? Yeah. That terrified me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so and then through the 70s and, and early 80s, you had Cosworth DFV, basically, but the three litre right. naturally aspirated. And I, I'm a big nerd of racing, F1, Evidently. motorsport. Um, so I, I, and they're amazing. And one of the guys interviewed was like, well, I could tell he was into it. Cause he was like, yeah, yeah, this brings me back to my Cosworth days. With the, <laughs> you know, in, like, in the 90s, I was like, oh, that's good. I must be hitting the, yeah, hitting hitting the, the right, right spot. But, um, so it was amazing. Uh, it was absolutely amazing. I, I loved it so much. Um, and, 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 and I got a phone call a couple of days later saying, you, you're uh, Congratulations. Like to offer you. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, they've, they've allowed me to delay it for two years now because yeah. of my current situation. I delayed it a year and then I emailed them saying, look, I can't make this. For, I would be there now, technically. Yeah. I said, I've got to delay it another year. I, I won't be well enough to be living, technically, away from my, on my own, you know. Yeah. Um, so, so September 22. Hopefully, um, I'm going to speak on. to them soon. Um, sort of check in with them. Yeah. But uh, I, I also I. So the the what is the position? I believe it's engine build apprentice. Yeah. Um, so that involves. Um, I, from my understanding, they don't let apprentices on the whole the the actual final assembly of the engines. Obviously, the current F1 engines, 1.6 litre V6 turbo hybrids. Pro they're, they're probably pushing 1,000 horsepower. They're probably not very cheap either if an apprentice no, no, pops it up. No, exactly. I believe they're 8 million an engine. An engine? Yeah. It's quite a lot. I've just I might been be and wrong seen that, a but three and a half million pound Conan's egg, and I was like, "There's a lot of engineering going in here, and a lot I, of carbon fiber." I might be, yeah, I might be completely <laughs> way off of that. That might be the price of a, a current F1 car right? to, to build. That sounds more likely. Okay. However, you're the one going to work for Mercedes. Yeah, I might be and completely I'm just a off of my. That I might really even watch that much F1. <laughs> <laughs> I might be way completely off there, but um, it's hardly going to be on Wikipedia that you said they're eight million quid, and then Jeremy, oh, these are eight million pound, and then there's yeah, a whole yeah. scandal about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so so uh, you do so you don't do you don't do final build, but you do do engine subassembly. That's building turbos. Nice, pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> so that's building turbos, building individual little components that then go on to be put on the actual engine block and stuff. Um, building turbos, uh, um, building battery packs. Right. Um, that's something that I've no idea about. Me neither. Completely out of my comfort zone, so that sounds exciting. Just don't touch both ends, you should be fine. Yes, I know you also work on the Mercedes One, is one. it Project One? Pro yes, the, the, the One One was the Conan's egg. One One, yeah. Project you, One. You work on, uh, I know you work on their, because obviously they've, they build those engines, engines for the Mercedes yeah. at where I'm going. I know you work in that department. That's pretty cool. Uh, I know there's 250 of those cars. I, I know a little bit now about supercars. I'm not, you know, some people whittle off the facts and how yeah, many yeah. built and everything. I'm, I'm not one of them, but I, I do appreciate me a damn fine supercar. Uh, I think 250 made, would you? I've, 
in all honesty, I've seen one, or I saw the prototype. Yeah. And that's about as much as I've been involved with it. I think it's 200. Because I'm a little bit like you. I like interesting or weird old stuff. Quirky, yeah. I appreciate a supercar. I think they're fantastic. But they're so unrelatable. If that yeah, makes sense. Like, yeah. For example, again, not to be boasting that I've been and seen a Conan's egg this morning, because there was also a Lamborghini Countach. Yes. But everybody was like, Conan's egg, Conan's egg. And I was like, there's a Countach right here and the yeah. doors are open. Yeah, yeah. I, I find that the quirky old stuff is more like, there is a possibility that one day I could have one of those. Whereas something that's worth three and a half million quid, I'm not in the industry that's, that's going to make me a billionaire. Oh, for and sure. And I wouldn't want to be a billionaire. You know, those kind of, you know, like with the Anglias and the classic Fords, the reason people like them, and this is the thing why they're so desirable and collectible and... and the, the nostalgia, after, isn't it? The nostalgia. The thing is, you know, you buy, you know, Jaguar E-Type was a, was, a, was a flashy, sporty car in the day. Yeah. A flipping... A Cortina and a, a Cortina was 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 the was a, was the like family car thing, yeah, the family yeah. sedan saloon of the day. But but they were the working man's car. Yeah, yeah. Every flipping every dad's dad dad and uncle's dad had a Cortina. And all the point. different oh, trim point. levels had all different. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure you've seen the Grand Tour episode. Yeah, yeah. When yeah. It, and they do the the, the, the church of the the Fords. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I remember that one. But uh, but and they talk about the Cortina and you think oh. When Jeremy walks out and he explains the emotions of seeing a sixteen hundred, his dad in a sixteen hundred E in the, with in the in the that I don't know the, the, the I don't know paint code yeah, but yeah. the the gold color and the and the and the dials embedded in the in the wood dash trim yeah, yeah. and you think this is a Ford this has come out of uh, uh, Dagenham. Know, Dagenham yeah and yeah. you think what a, you know because everyone can relate to them and that's yeah the exactly like cool I thing. I do a lot of car spotting not like I go and look for cars yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm standing about I'll see something interesting I'll take a photo of it yeah. and I post it on Twitter and my most popular tweets ever have been a Rover SD1 yeah. that I saw in a, a Tesco car park yeah. and a Sierra Cosworth that I saw in a petrol station yeah. like I've posted supercars hypercars rare cars one of one cars yeah. nothing a bloody Rover SD1 or a Sierra Cosworth and it explodes like a thousand likes. Yeah, yeah. It just blows up because people go, I bloody love them. My dad had one of them. And all the yeah. comments on my uncle had one of these and, and I had a brown one of these. And, and, oh, and, it's, and it's, just, it's, just, it's just fantastic, isn't it? Um, yeah, I, I, I completely agree. I mean... But you get I to work on the engines for... The, so with the apprenticeship programme, what does it lead towards? Is that you do this with a view to them so being I, an engineer? So I believe it is three years. Right. I believe it's three years. Um, I think I a few flexes. I think I'll get a like get to potentially have a Mercedes company car, but I'd have to pay for that. Well, my friend who works there has yeah. a Mercedes company car. Okay, well you got to get me. But in. he's a fully employed yeah, yeah, of course, manager yeah. or something like that. So. Um, three years. I what does it lead to? Hopefully a job. Hopefully. Is there been um, an indication that that's the direction that it goes? Like they're not my, going to go, my, we'll my, train you up and then you. Yeah, yeah, and then kick you out, you out the door. No. <laughs> uh, my, I haven't thought about it, to be honest, Lewis. My goal is to get there first. Yeah, of course. Um, I haven't thought about it. Um, I have thought about afterwards. I've thought, do you do the engineering route or do you do the more technician route, the yeah. hands on more? Um, what do I want to do? Because obviously, engineering route will require going to a university. Yeah. That's just what it is nowadays um so i don't know uh we'll see i'm open to whatever i feel yeah, like in their time i i my, my dream is my dream is 
I've, I've told loads of people this. I've told them this. I have mentioned this to- You're coming to take Toto Wolf down. <laughs> that's, that's the dream. That's the dream. Um, no more Toto Wolf. Louis coming through. <laughs> um, I want to be on race team. Nice. I want to, I've always, I've always wanted to be, I've, I've, I've always wanted to be a mechanic and race team. Yeah. Um, there's, they're, they're actually a topic of conversation at the moment because F1, 23 races a year now, they mm. think. A lot of travel. Trying to push it. I believe they might be trying to push it more to 25, which is bonkers. Yeah. I'm sorry, it's bonkers. Unless they went two in each weekend. Unless they do two weeks in one race teams. Or, or separate team, yeah. Is what they're potentially saying is... Because that's one every two weeks. Sort of rotate the teams that go out. Yeah. So it, it's, you know, it, it, I know, I, I know, done my research, I know it destroys... That's quite a... Uh, Formula scary. One destroys families, but, I, it, but it is it, people, a long time when, away from when you're when you're uh, you know in your thirties and this is your job and you're travelling from flipping. You, I think, I think we're going. I think so. We're we're literally today there at Brazil. Yeah. I think in a week's time they're racing in Qatar, so they yeah. go from Brazil to literally halfway across the world. Yeah. It's 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 nuts, and uh, you know, no no rest time. Um, these guys, so. It's always it's always been my dream. I would love to be in the track and and just you know, say I've done that. Have you ever been to Formula One? I've never been to a race. The atmosphere is quite electric. Watching the race live, yeah, is a little bit more boring than you expect. Yeah, because everything is so fast and you can only stand in one spot mm. that you go. Oh, that was a red one. That was a Ferrari. I don't know whether that Ferrari is in first, whether it's in last, but that one was definitely a Ferrari. Yeah, you don't so know. So you watch the screen anyway, but you're around the atmosphere. And the the screen's atmos- so far away, you can't even see the... Yeah, yeah. See the, uh, but the atmosphere is electric. Like, I went to the Belgian Grand Prix a couple of years ago. Oh, wow. Okay, that um, is Because awesome. I used to work for UPS, and UPS sponsored Ferrari. Yes. And we had some in competition, and I got an all-expenses trip to watch the Grand Prix. Wow. Which is great. I was didn't. it raining? No, it didn't rain. I got quite lucky there. Lucky. I think we had a bit of drizzle. Good luck like you went there this year. I know. Well, they're changing our rouge. Have you seen that? Yes, I have they're seen that. Changing the corner. Yeah. Um, which will be an interesting one. But it was the, the weekend that that young lad died in F2. Ooh. So literally... I don't know why I said that. It sounds a bit... On the Saturday, that happened. Yeah. And we didn't... like... I got there on the... Either the Friday night or the Saturday morning. Yeah. Had a day in Brussels. That happened on the Saturday. We got there for the race on the Sunday, and they were like, "This has happened." And we're like, "Jesus!" Because it's so unheard of in Formula One and in, in motorsport nowadays. Modern, yeah, was it's uh, few and far between. Um, was there a? Uh, could you sense it in the atmosphere? Not. Well, I, I wouldn't know. You, like I, as a layperson at my first ever Formula One, couldn't go. Wow, something has happened. Yeah, and yeah. everybody's upset. True. Yeah, if it's your first Formula One race, so yeah. it might have been slightly lesser energy levels than normal. Yeah. Or people are like, right, let's keep cracking, let's keep keep going. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's a really good atmosphere, and being at a track and going around a track well, is really cool. I think Spa is is in itself. It's awesome. It's a legendary place. Really uh, cool. The hallowed ground, really. Uh, it's on the bucket list. It's on the bucket list. It will get. It will get ticked off. For me, I want to do the endurance races. So I used to go yes. to Le Mans. Yeah, I've never been. It's obviously on the bucket list. We get a full. It's a full weekend. So yeah. you, you go on like let's say the Wednesday or the Thursday. You get down there, spend a couple of days down yeah. with the atmosphere. Race kicks off Saturday afternoon. Yeah. You watch the start. Come back over the night. Watch some of the night racing because that's incredible. Oh yeah. Go to bed. Oh. Get up. Mill about a bit. Go and watch the finish. I've. 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 I've I've got this, I've genuinely, I was thinking of going next year. Right. I don't know. I think maybe it's just a bit 
too much to ask too soon. Yeah. Uh, just just thinking, you know, maybe 2023 will, 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 it, will, it will happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to do like um, Tacona tours at some point. So yeah. my, one of, I want to do Le Mans, Spa and Nürburgring, all three 24-hour races. Yeah. Do a Tacona tour. Yeah. So if 2023 aligns, we'll do it as part of that. Oh, man. And, and I, have the, I, I have this vision in my mind, sitting on a... On a, on a, or maybe not sitting, I don't know, just, just somewhere on a banking or in a camp chair on a corner at, at 3 a.m. in the morning yeah. with a beer in hand watching. It's great. Watching flipping, you know, the, the high, now it's the, the hypercars in it, the hypercars, the, the GT3s, you know, screaming, flat six, Porsche. Glowing brakes, everything. It's so good. Glowing brakes. They're cars that you know. You can tell the differences in the engine sounds. Yeah, completely. It's, uh, and the engine sounds, obviously, this is a hot topic. The, the F1. At least they have engine sound, but they're yeah. they're not the most amazing sounding things in the world. But yeah, when you when you, I love the uh, I love the I love the the flat six Porsche. Obviously, it's a bit of a screamer, and the the Corvette's not the same anymore, which I'm a little bit sad with. But uh, have you yeah. been when the I went when, when the, the big seven liter Corvettes were there? It was the C six Corvette, yeah, which is the seven liter, yeah, the DBR nine, so obviously V twelve, yeah, wow. Obviously, the Porsches were the flat six, yep, and it was just before the R eights became a thing, yeah. So we saw the launch of the R8 like there. Wow. But we were staying in a chalet about a mile away from the track. Yeah. And at night you could sit out and you could, that one's a Corvette. Yeah. Oh, that one's the Aston Martin. And oh, there's the poor. Because it's such a, it's so much more broad. And then obviously now you've got Bentley as well. Yeah. So, and then I, the Mercedes AMG GTs, like there's such a broad range yeah. that it's not just watching 20 of the same car with uh, different colours on go round. And, I, and I've, I've I've seen footage. I'm sad to sort of. I'm sure obviously I'll get to see one in my life run festival speed probably hopefully somewhere. Yeah. But I I I'm a I am a sucker for a V8. Uh, it's in my blood. Grown up. With, yeah. You I've can't grown have up. Mopar and not. Grown up with them. Um, <laughs> uh, and I just love the I love the the feel. Yeah. More than the sound. It's it's you feel it more than anything else because you just feel it in your chest and you feel the air shake and you feel yeah. and that just feels like power to me yeah, yeah. i know obviously scientifically you know these these f1 engines are so sophisticated thousand horsepower 1.6 bonkers but something about the 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 just the, the brute force of a they or a v10 the v10 ones were the absolute screamers as well oh yeah yeah they were quite quite high up in the the wish range and i think like you say festival of speed's the place to see that sort of stuff yeah but i was gonna say with the corvettes like i've seen footage on on youtube they look like Roots. They, they were. They were fantastic. Wow, just the bright yellow as well. Yeah, bright yellow. The canary yellow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Cool. Absolutely brilliant. Well worth. Well, obviously it's different now, but they were they were a real like highlight to Le Mans because yeah, yeah, it's so different to everything else. Yeah, like, absolutely everything else is either it was the Audi TDIs, um, like flat six Porsches, which are in every race ever. Yeah. And then the, the DBR9s. And then you just had yeah. these bloody yeah. like machine gun fire Corvettes coming through. Oh yeah, on the on the on the on the, on the sort of downshifts yeah. on the oh, it's fantastic. I, I do I love my I love my naturally aspirated stuff. Oh obviously brilliant. So hopefully by the time we get to go back we'll we'll still be able to oh, have man. some I, different cars yeah, there. I've, appreciate I've, it. Yeah. I've missed so much racing and, and obviously I've been watching on the TV and stuff, big F1 fan, but I just, uh, you know, it, 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 man, I can, honestly, I can't tell you how painful it is because obviously I'm local so close to Goodwood. To it, yeah, yeah. I, me and my, me and my mum during revival went up on Trundle Hill, which is a 
overlooks Goodwood Motor Circuit. Yeah. Literally, it's the you know when you're at Goodwood Motor Circuit on the first corner, you can see the South Downs. Yeah, it's yeah. up there. There's a car park. We were in our car, binoculars, looking. looking down, and I could see we were watching the Kinrara Trophy as the sun came down. You were at Revival, weren't you? I was at the Saturday. Okay. Well, you, did you see the pink Cobra, the bright pink one? I think so. Um, the one that stands out is obviously the Viper Cobra that had the snake eyes in the headlights. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. I know the one you're on about as well. There was a there was a bright pink sparkly one um, which has a lot of history to it, and we I could I could see that like from flipping miles away. <laughs> I could just even, like, even the binoculars got they were tiny. I was like, there, there it is. There's the there's the dragon snake cobra, and and I can't tell you it was you know you can sometimes hear it from my house. It was. Uh, it, I bet you'd miss that so much. Oh, well. I missed it. Goodwood is such a part of my. Well, this was my first revival this year. Was it? First ever one, and I can't wait to go again. Next year. Um, hopefully next year I can go. I will make an effort to go, but obviously it's be nip and tuck if I'm starting. Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, we'll just travel down from Northampton together. Oh, yeah, we will, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I, Rival is, I absolutely, I love festival. I love them all. I love them all. They do such good jobs. Um, I... Mm. Yeah, I just, I just, I just, man, I miss it. The Santa Pod, Goodwood, but the revival was one of the highlights of the year because I love the dress up. Yeah. Uh, uh, I love everything about that era because I love, I, I really do love 60s cars. Um, well, hopefully next year I'll have a stand there. Just need to cone it to grow a bit and then I can afford to have a stand there. I'll take yeah. the Renault down. You, yeah, you might have to <laughs> pay a few bob for that. It's not cheap from what I've seen. No, it's not. Um, but hopefully if we get the right angle on it. Yeah, I, I know I know someone who um who has a stand, so I'm sure you I'm sure you know those people. I know a couple of people, yeah. yeah. Um, but I know it's not a cheap thing to attend. No, um, no, not the good events aren't. No, um, but that's how they make their money, isn't it? Well, if you're near, uh, was it uh, Future Northampton, Silverstone? Yep. Santa Pod, Santa yep. can't be too expensive. Not too think. bad. To be fair, it's all stuff that's on the radar anyway, like Vista Heritage. Try and get in there, the Sunday Scramble yeah. at some point. Yeah. Obviously, we're hoping to grow the cars and coffee. So we'll be doing our own stuff anyway. Yeah. Getting into car clubs, growing with them. Because the idea is to be grassroots, get everybody from the ground up involved. So if we could go like, right, we'll do special edition runs for car clubs. Yeah. We'll have, say it's the Ford Club, we'll do a blue and white special design with the Ford Club incorporated into yeah. it. Oh, Limited run of however many people place an order. And then we'll do one a year. So each year we'll do a special yeah, yeah. edition t-shirt or a hoodie or whatever. And then they'll become kind of like a collectible and it'll involve the car groups and it helps the, the idea and the brand and everything yeah, grow yeah. but in a natural organic way and it's not a this is a company that's turned up and we've thrown a million quid at it and we're just gonna it's about the people and the community yeah. so that sort of stuff will help hopefully grow and contribute to then when we get to the position we go right we're gonna go to goodwood we're an established thing that people know of yeah so then it's not me sat in a tent trying to figure out how to best position what we do it's we're going to be there and people go, oh, great. I, I like that brand. I like what they do. I like what they stand for. We'll go and see it. Yeah. Um, and then it makes it all worthwhile. Yeah. Uh, 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 Festival Speed will be the one be the one to It will. I crack. know that that is not the cheapest thing in the world. No, I, I bet um, it's probably not. But just thinking Revival, because obviously they have a lot of uh, classic stands there. Yeah. Because everything is... It's everything all vintage is and classic, isn't it? Bang on period. Yeah. yeah. So um, well, The Renault will fit in just fine. <laughs> it'll it be will. tatty it'll be used and it'll work it'll be great I oh. went in a 1957 Austin Healey this year I know it's a who's who's chap that owns that it's Paul he's got a he's also got an S3 Bentley I know the one um, he's uh, that um, 
What's in Healy? It is. It's lovely. It's three litre. Yeah. Oh, modified for like, like race modified. Yeah, I bet that sings. It, it was lovely. We. It was the first time we that Paul had driven it long distance, so we took it really steady. Yeah. So we we're doing fifty five the whole way, and the exhaust runs under the seats. So mm. we were cooking, and we had no windows, and the exhaust under, and no seat belts. These yep. little leather bucket seats, yep. and four gears, and lots of noise. That's how you do it. Lots of heat. And it was great and the roof kept trying to unlatch itself ah, and i was driving true. holding the roof on yeah but it's great it's the the memories i was with my friend and we had a cracking day it was really really worth yeah, it yeah just memories of of revival uh, yeah with my mates sort of we have a family come stay with us from london yeah uh sort of uh unrelated to the to the squash group the family friends basically and we just have such a laugh it's it's with revival it's like um it's it's more or family thing than Foz. Yeah. Because Foz is, is like... It's very corporate, isn't it, Foz? It's very corporate. It's also hard. I, I love it uh, because of the variety of cars. Yeah. Um, whereas Revival, I sort of like the atmosphere, basically. It's a great... Like, I love the atmosphere from Revival. Like, I've been to Foz two or three times now. And you go and it's a big car event. And you get to see all the new stuff. And you get to see all the supercars. Yeah. And it's a spectacle to go and watch. Yeah. And then at Revival, you go, we're just involved. We're all around it. Everybody's dressed up. Yeah, everybody's involved. Everyone's, and you talk to the mechanics and they're like, and they, I did such great cars, especially the St. Mary's Trophy, my favourite, um, where you've got, where you've got your, um, I know they, they rotate it from pre-59 to like pre-66. They have the 60s cars and the yeah. 50s touring cars. But they're the kind of cars that Jim Clark was racing the saloon car championship in the 60s, the Cortinas, your Anglias, your Galaxies. Yeah, yeah. Your, your, your ja- Mark II Jags, your Minis, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, that that is the the race when you got you got Bill Shepard. Oh, great, in his, and then you've got some thundering great galaxy being chased down by a mini, and, and then the Swift, corner goes. You know, the mini goes past in the corner yeah. and on the straight. The oh, it's brilliant because that's when yeah. it was diverse. Like nowadays, everything's spec series. And, yeah, and it's all the same. It's basically the same car with different bodies on. Yeah, like, yeah. like a one series is now front wheel drive. Yeah, your Civic's front wheel drive. They're all the same formula just yeah. with a different badge and a different engine in yeah. as back then you had a huge great like saloon chasing around with a tiny little mini and yeah. then oh, it's bonkers as well there's a photo i saw recently the, the size of a obviously we all know how big galaxies are but the way they can actually hustle that round and win races it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's incredible you see the old footage they 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 there's plenty on youtube they were they were winning races and obviously uh it helps to have a big you know brute of a of a of a heart to it but um yeah, yeah, I, oh man, I love it, I love it. Uh, variety is the spice of life, as I yeah. say. No, it's brilliant. Um, but I think we've come to a point now where it's probably a nice time to, to close off. I think off. so, yeah. Um, it's been a real pleasure to sit again this afternoon to, yeah. to chat about what's, what's the future's holding, really. Like, obviously, the car history is great, and the car that you have is fantastic, and we'll make Thank sure to add as many much. photos as I can in it. Yeah. And I love the the story with Charles and getting the wacky races together. Um, but out of everything, it's just the way that you're still shining through after all the crap and the way that you're so positive and forward focused. And it's really inspiring. Oh, like, gosh, yeah. And not just to be like blowing smoke up your ass, but genuinely, even from the Wacky Races Coffee Club, I could it made such an impression on me just as to how you were acting and how you were like happy and engaging and Bless really f- positive despite yeah. what has obviously been a really difficult couple of years and it's it's just 
really inspiring to yeah, see. Yeah, what I will say, it's what I've said to many people is, most, obviously I haven't seen really too many people this year, because I haven't been as social as I usually would be in a normal life. Yeah. But obviously people do see me on the good days. Yeah, um, of course. They don't, you know, they, they don't necessarily see the, 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 the lower days. Um, but I, don't, I, mean, I am very pleased to say there hasn't been so many recently. It's good. It's, sort of you know learned a lot about life in the last two years yeah a uh, big learning curve um and i'm just the way i look at it you know trying to just be grateful for what i have um every day which is easy really easy to say oh i'm really grateful for this i'm trying to be but actually try and in there be like with your dinner in front of you and you and you and the you know your glass of, you know your cup of tea and be like some people don't have this like these luxuries in life and you try and embed that in your brain is, yeah. is i try and but just the, the one of the bigger things as well is the, the, the future just being looking forward you know that hope for yeah, the future, yeah light at the end of the tunnel you know um, no i completely agree and it's not to say that there aren't going to be dark days because there are everybody has them to a certain extent and obviously you're going to have days where you feel like crap or you yeah. have days where you're not feeling great or but to keep hold of that positive forward idea is is really great and it, yeah, it's thank you your level of this is me on a good day is higher than most people would expect you to be that's what that's the point i was saying it's not yeah, yeah. only seeing you on the good days no, no no of course when you are on a good day you're you have every kind of justification to not be as bright as you are. Yeah, uh, yeah, thank you. Well. The amount that your your personality shines through and how ah, thanks, dude. How much energy you bring is is inspiring. Because I have less to whinge about than you do, and I still don't feel as positive as you bring out. Um, so ah, it's it's just it's, everyone it's great. Um, uh, yeah, well, I mean. I don't know what else to say. I, I mean, I will. Um, if people have, you know, made it this far, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I've made it this far. What I will say is uh, one of the best quotes I think I've ever been told. Funny enough, by someone, I won't, I won't sort of say who, but uh, uh, was uh, it's the uh, it's the bad days that make the good days good. Yeah, and as it's uh, you can think about that. There's different multiple layers to that, but it's uh, it's so true. Yeah, you, exactly. You can't have every day's good. The, it's the low days that give you these days of feeling like this is a positive day the good feeling you know yeah so well, I think that's the right mindset to have and at that point we'll wrap it up there so okay. thank you very much for A for driving all the way to fuel and back unnecessarily because <laughs> we didn't plan this very well B for putting up with me for two days in a row that's fine that's been a pleasure <laughs> and all the, the microphone crap and everything no no I apologise for the cities in the, in the future we'll, uh, oh, we no, can have a nice set up inside oh no this is lovely it's nice it it's nice, open yeah. the lights are lovely we've got the heater on it's great um, but I just want to say thank you for, for doing this no worries no, thank, thank you, you for, for sharing your story thank you for uh, and uh, listening to me twice on. <laughs> yeah um, no I appreciate that I'm a bit of a uh, bit of a no, it's big mouth. It's so. been a pleasure. So we'll definitely have a catch up again soon. And when you are heading up to Northampton, Northampton, we'll try and make it more regular. Yeah, and we can uh, we can uh, we can talk, do a catch up if you like. Exactly, or? and we'll race the Citroen with the Anglia. <laughs> we definitely will.